Hello, and welcome to episode 172 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, Forever Noise, the man, the myth, the apocalyptic event, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I am burdened by glorious purpose. I like that. On this week's episode, Marvel Strikes Again, audiobooks, FX premiere dates, what we're watching, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, Wrath of Man. But first, Al, I'm in the car with Kate, and we're headed <laughs> home from, <laughs> from an appointment. And uh, she was reading me like one of the stats on how far along your baby is. Okay. And it is that like, what's going to be fun in games? Is we're going to do a quiz? How how far along is <laughs> how it? How far along is is like, right? Because with the weeks off, like you never know. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> She's like at this point, it's like his bones are fully formed, and it took everything inside of me to stop myself from saying, "Well, that's great because the bones are his dollars." <laughs> <laughs> Because I just I knew that it would fall on deaf ears. <laughs> if only you were there in that moment. Kim, can you just hold for one second as you dial me call in out. the car? Yeah, hold right, for Kim, one second. Say Kim, that again. Kim, repeat that line, please. <laughs> oh man, sorry. I'm gonna try to. I, I realize that I feel like the the intro has been a bit robotic when I go directly into like, oh, what are we drinking? So I'm gonna try to throw us off something. That's fine, I, because a lot of times I try and derail you with my version That's of the true. intro. So when I don't have one good, it's good that you have one in the back to like back pocket. Like, hey, I got a little anecdote yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know? I do what I can um, for the people. I like that our both of our intros, without any planning, of course, because we haven't planned those like together since, yeah. what, what, Avengers Endgame, I think, or something Probably. like that? <laughs> um, both ended up being Loki-themed, so that's cool. Yeah, hey, I appreciate that. That was good. But seriously, what are we drinking? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so um, actually, I was on the topic. Of going back to your anecdote, I did text you the other day, right? I'm not misremembering that about the fact that they set a date for the second season. Um, I think you should. You leave. did. Okay, cool. You did. So and that's I'm a little bit sure of that means I have to watch the rest of the first season because I don't think yeah, I me too. All of it. No, I didn't either. Um, this is good. Much like a Guy Ritchie movie, which we are doing. Uh, we're going to jump forward and then back and then forward yeah. and then back again. We're going to have an in-media rest. Maybe we'll do part of this conversation from a different perspective somehow. That's right. It's actually um, just cut into the middle of the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we're drinking. To make a it a new, game for the listeners. Newberg beer. <laughs> continuing our theme since we uh, were able to rejoin for your birthday a few weeks ago. A uh, month ago. Wow. Um, yeah. It, only being Newberg beers and alternate ending beers, we have a Newberg beer, Newberg Brewing Company's Cold Brew Brown Ale with cold brew coffee. Um, and that is, they took their brown ale. They added freshly brewed cold brew coffee. So Anthony, it seems I may have lied to you. You did lie to me. You straight up, I don't think there's any coffee in it. <laughs> well, because they've done other ones that are just like the, the Cafe Sour is just aged on coffee. Sure. There's no actual physical brewed coffee in it. Right. Uh, this one seems. This one is mostly coffee. coffee. <laughs> it's mostly coffee. You know how that one is splash, beer with splash a splash of, of coffee. This is coffee with a splash of beer. That sounds terrible, actually. Um, sorry, we took our brown ale, added freshly brewed cold brew coffee, and blended it with whiskey barrel aged brown ale. So it's brown ale plus brown ale plus coffee. Got plus it. Whiskey. Yeah, plus whiskey and the barrel. <laughs> Don't forget the barrel. Yeah. Well, I mean. So uh, it's 4.2% alcohol by volume. Um, mm-hmm. It's drank locally. There is a, uh, a lovely picture of the Newburgh skyline where this beer was as, born. As there are on all Newburgh cans. <laughs> as there are on all to most of their cans. Um, 
It's proudly brewed and canned by Newbury Brewing Company. Uh, it's you would say that this comes in pint. Oh, this is for sure a pint, yeah. But I would say that either their glass is not the size of a pint, or they overfill the can somehow. Because no, we've, I think we've, I think we've now come to the realization, because last week we did an altered ending that also didn't fit into your glass. Remember, you spilled okay. it everywhere. So I think at this point we can confirm that it's I, a glass. I'm not going to blame... That was on me. <laughs> no. Well, literally... <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes, literally <laughs> on me. <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool. So it's not exactly. Well, I will say this. I have a Newberg glass. Which Did you actually sync up your glass with your beer this did. week or no? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So I also have my Newberg glass. And yeah. there does seem to be a 101% of a pint that's trying to fit into this yeah. glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for sure. You know what's easier to see on this glass is that they have this sweet logo that looks like a heart. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick it up when I tried to do that like 90 seconds ago. <laughs> um, listen, I'm, I will say, though, while it may be slightly annoying that the whole beer can't fit into the glass, I'm never, ever going to be mad when I buy 16 ounces of beer and they give me 16.2 ounces. I'm never going to be sure. mad at that. Sure. I think, we're, I think we're, we're, I mean, this is like 17, 18. No, no, no. Mine's pretty damn close to fitting in the glass. Yeah, mine doesn't. I'm gonna There's, like There's, There's like a sip. There's like a sip. a little bit of space left. Well, considering how frothy this was, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna play this game. I don't wanna. I don't feel like running out of the room again. It's not. You very clearly lost it last week. So I also don't think there's any paper towel down here. So it would have been like a whole ordeal. It would have been upstairs. I don't have any either. So that's upsetting. Um, <laughs> been much more difficult for you to get it to me than for me to go upstairs again. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll just take it through the microphone. Uh, is that how that works? No, I don't know how computers work inside. You. If anyone on this call knows how That's, computers work inside, yeah, I, I do. I don't. Know. <laughs> you just it's a you just push the paper towels through one of those series of tubes, right? And then it's it fun. I'm gonna shred up really small, and it'll fit in the little <laughs> apertures of the microphone, and it'll be fun. Do that like Willy Wonka thing, where you shrink it down. Cheers. Let's just try this. Cheers. We've gone too far. Sorry, I'm just I was just vamping so that I can continue to smell this beer because it is. It delicious. smells delightful. You know what it smells like. A fresh pot of coffee. You know what's definitely inside this beer? A fresh pot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but on the, the first taste, though, it's definitely whiskey. You know, of the whiskey, brown, and coffee, the brown is by far the least of the flavors. Slash smells. Oh, that's weird. Not in a bad way. No, it's just not quite what you expect, right? No. It, does, it tastes nothing like it smells. Which, which is cool. It's something that they have really mastered with their coffee beers, like the Cafe Sour, mm-hmm. smells like a cup of coffee with like a hint of maybe there's vinegar somewhere in the room. And then yeah. you drink it and it basically doesn't taste like coffee. It tastes like a delicious sour beer. And so that weird dichotomy, I love it. It's delicious. Well, this is interesting because it tastes like, so I make a drink, um, I, I like a, not, not a cocktail. Like I, I will make a double shot of espresso. I will pour that over ice and I will squirt a peel of lemon into it and I will fill the rest of the glass with seltzer. And it's like this delicious little non-sweet like coffee soda. Isn't that that what is that Manhattan soda or whatever it is? Like what it- Manhattan special, but Manhattan special has like like all of the sugar. The rest of the sugar that's left is in Manhattan special. <laughs> <laughs> all of the sugar that's not in your drink is in that that's, one. <laughs> right, yeah, I don't put any in mine. But uh, that's, that's kind of what this reminds like the flavor profile. That's what this reminds me. But the first taste is definitely whiskey. Or specifically whiskey barrel, as you pointed out earlier. I, and the candidate mm, as well. 
I can see that because it says it, but like I actually, it actually tastes a little bit sour to me. No, because I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting that it's whiskey barrel, and then I take, I took the sip, and I was like, "What is that? Oh, yeah, that's whiskey barrel, duh." Yeah. Um, because it reminds me of like the flavor that you get on like all of, like the Kentucky bourbon barrel beers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good call. That's that's why that I'm saying exactly. like that's very clearly not even just whiskey. It's specifically yeah. whiskey barrel. Uh, their coffee cream. Whoo. Ooh, yeah. is that a good one? I enjoy that beer. Yeah, no, much. Kentucky Bourbon Barrel make great beers. We've done a few of them on the show. Uh, I really enjoy this beer, too. Um, it's funny because it's super dark, and there's a lot going on with the coffee and the whiskey barrel and all that, but it's very light and easy drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, their brown isn't a heavy beer. I love their plain old brown ale. I know you've had it. Um, that's one of my favorite brown ales, period. It's so uh, yes. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. The uh, I, I was about to pour the rest of this cannon, but the bottom seems to have a lot going on inside of it. So I'm going to just coffee? actually let that that's it. it might, no, it's, I, it's straight I, up. It's just they're full beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's rattling. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I just poured out the rest of mine and I didn't see anything solid make it in. So <laughs> oh, okay. So I, I think so you're probably it. safe. Like they filter their beers. Like this isn't one of those chunky beers that we get. Like Newberg beers are I, filtered. I'm still not, I'm not on board. I mean, I get it. It's the right phrase. I'm just not on board with the phrase "chunky beer." <laughs> that was that. That harkens back from my personal experience to. Do you remember those old radio commercials for like? Bud, I think it was Budweiser, right? They did like the Men of Genius and yes. stuff like that. But they had like a couple of different types of those commercials, right? And one of them was. I forget exactly what the whole because there was like a, a handful of these commercials like it was a little bit different but all had like the same theme and I forget what the theme was but one of them was about this guy winning the lottery and okay. wanting having always wanted to make his own beer and we're talking about this is like 15 years ago like this is before I ever even had an inkling of making my own beer and you know he's like I don't know anything about beer you know hops barley rice you know all this stuff and he goes, he goes, I don't know. I just tried my best. He goes, what came out wasn't really what I expected. Well, here's, and whatever, it, you know, it's, you know, it's Joe's ale or whatever it is, right? You know, the world's first ever chunky beer. And you hear a crack <laughs> of a can. He starts pouring. And it's very obvious that there's chunks coming out of it. <laughs> and I forgot how it was supposed to be a Budweiser commercial, but I know that that's what it was. And I don't like that. Yeah, that so not a fan. The, the phrase chunky beer always harkens back to me to like my only 80% remembrance of that commercial, which always cracked me up on the radio. <laughs> so. God. <laughs> Just the, I mean, like, I get it. Like, I've definitely poured a beer that's like, you know, it's it's very obviously chunky, but uh it's uh, it, it's the worst when you pour something when you're pouring a beer and it looks so, so good. And then you don't realize you're, it's one of those ones where you probably shouldn't pour like the last half a percent of the beer. And when you do, it just ruins the entire aesthetic. I, that's, <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> this one, on the other hand, I am a fan of. Um, I mentioned before the call started that if you were to tell me to go into the refrigerator and grab the mint chocolate beer, this is the can that I would grab. <laughs> yeah, this is the mint beer, actually. There is something that, that green color that's being used is one of two things. It is either resembling like an Andes candy, like one of like um, like one of those little mint chocolate wafer things, or your printer is running out of ink. It's one of those two color <laughs> profiles. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but Spe- it's, speaking it's of candies, delightful. I keep forgetting to mail you that candy. And yeah, you got to do that because I really want to drink that salty beer. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be salty, but um, you need to don't crush my dreams. Well, don't say it on the air. Obviously, just send me a text. So the thing is, I don't know your address. I know where you live. Uh, don't, I don't, oh, don't say that on the air. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so you're gonna have to text me the numbers because I don't want to. I don't want to mail it to your neighborhood. I want to mail it to you. Sure. Um, like I know exactly. I appreciate where you that. Live. I know exactly where you live. I know how to drive there because it's actually basically a straight line until the last like three turns. Um, mm-hmm. But I always forget. I know the name of the road you live on, which I will also yeah. not say. That's I cool. know the town, but I always forget you can the Google, You can probably Google Earth it and see my mailbox. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't use GPS. I just drive to your yeah. house. You know what Respect. I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and I will say that I, I certainly do not just drive to your house. I know. You've told me you... Taking four different paths somehow to my I've house. Got, I've yeah, I've never gotten to your house the same way twice. Um, admittedly, you've been here less than I've been there, but sure. still, by like the third time I drove there, I knew how to get to your house. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I uh, I know I could I could do some damage, right? Like I know enough. I I know how to get close. <laughs> uh, Can you I please? I, will, you get, I don't think get I'll to, get there. <laughs> get to like Orange County and then. Like, does anyone yeah. know where Al lives? Can you please point right. me in the right direction? I'm determined not to use the GPS. Yeah, can you, uh, no, no other context. No last name. I would like to go to either. I, would, I need one of two things. I need to get to my cousin's house or you can tell me where I can get Gorgonzola waffle fries. <laughs> <laughs> I one mean, of the two will you, result in Al being in my presence. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Plot twist because there are two or three of those restaurants. It's not a chain. It's mm. one family open like three locations. Okay. So... You could end up five minutes from my house, or you could end up 20 minutes from my house, or you could end up 30 minutes from my house. (laughs) Not so bad in any of those situations. Uh, Admittedly, you'd want the one that's five minutes from my house. Um, But yeah, we should do that. It's funny. You don't know my address, but you know how to get to my house. I know your address off the top of my head, but I don't know how to get to your house. I think I know it. Sure. I'm going to text it to you. Though the problem is, is between you and Alex. (laughs) This is funny. I I know how to get to both of your houses. You both live in New Jersey. I know the name. I know the town. But I forget the numbers because I think the first digit in both of your numbers is the same. One of you is a two digit and one of you is a three digit. And I always jumble those five digits in my head. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Wait, hang on a second. Well, the house across the streets for sale and I think you should move into it. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Is yours two is or three? Is that in the cards? Is yours sorry, two? Or th- is yours two it's or three? Two. It's two. Shit. Okay. Okay. I sent you an address. My phone's on do not disturb like a good podcaster. <laughs> well, I just put mine on mute so that it doesn't buzz no. or make sense. What? No, that is not it. Oh, no, I did. That's, that's an address. <laughs> it's not my address. So I got the number. Was that the right? Vicinity of numbers? Is it in the right, like, decade of numbers? It's not far as numbers go. <laughs> okay. So then I, maybe I totally screw that up, whatever. But I think I might have done the thing where I actually I ended up inverting you and Alex's street name. <laughs> gotcha. You got the street name. Oh, I did. Okay. So you said no, so I thought I got it all wrong. Okay. No, so oh, I no, was no, no. no okay. the number's just not right. Okay. You're gonna have to send me the number no. back then because yeah, of ten digits, you got zero, <laughs> like oh, okay. zero, like yeah, zero I matches. Don't, I don't know why that. I thought that the first number when that was correct, it was the other one that no. I was shooting in the 
dark, so... <laughs> no, neither, okay. neither, neither number. But I knew, like uh, I said... Weirdly, you're off by one on both numbers. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought you were going to say they were actually the other, like, inverted. Just, yeah, no, you're pretty... You're, Oh, I, I, now I'm wrong. That's, I lied to you entirely. Oh, wow. I, I thought my address was something else for a second. <laughs> so now I don't feel so bad about not knowing. Uh, no, uh, but it's, 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 it's off by, no, it's, it's a little bit different, but you're still close. It's okay. Listen, you're on the scale of one to 100, I mean, it's, how far we'll, could I have been? We'll get there. Um, Al, where are you at vis-a-vis the fuckles? The fuckles? Oh, this yeah. is easily... Three thuckles. Trace thuckles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is a this is a trace trace thuckles cake beer. Um, yeah. The trace thuckles club. <laughs> no, no, it's a tra- tra- trace trace thuckles cake, like trace leches cake. Okay, okay, I like that. Uh, yeah, I I I agree. Uh, one thing I did just notice, uh, and no, I'm not doing the logo again. But on the bottom of the <laughs> can, it says, you know where it says the beer was born here. Oh man, what did it say? With a little. Rectangle. Yeah. There's a little arrow that is just so... It's so... It's, it's like oddly askew. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got ever... It's like a mushroom. Yeah. It's like... Like, you know how mushrooms are never, like, same, like, straight... You know how mushrooms do. Yes. <laughs> you know mushrooms. Yeah, why does it, it always... feels like the start of a John Mulaney skit. Well, I was going to say, why does this thing always devolve into a Mulaney thing? Because I knew immediately the cadence of that was... <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about that the other day. I forgot why it came up. I don't remember if it was someone saying the boy or someone saying Timothy Chalamet, but I brought up sure. Either way. that whole thing. <laughs> yes, one of those two things came up and it, you know, then prompted it. So me and my sister were watching. She had, she uh, she's watched a lot of his stand-ups actually, and she didn't wasn't familiar with that joke, which was funny. Mm. So I got the boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking I joking. <laughs> So one that always comes to mind when I think of him is when one is a duck, one is happy. (laughs) I don't remember that one. (laughs) Oh, man. I think that's, you know what? I don't know which one that is. I want to say it's Newman Town, but I could be wrong. Uh, Let's let's do uh, the rest of the show. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, we were off last week. These nuggets go. uh, There's a lot of random things to talk about here. The first yeah. thing I'm going to dive in. Okay. All right. I was listening to a podcast. As, as I do. As, <laughs> uh, I, I listen to about 90% video game podcasts and like 10% movies and celebrities. Okay. All right. Uh, I was listening to a video game podcast. <laughs> if you were to guess, that would make sense. And a guy was talking about, he's like, what is it with this game? Somebody mentioned a game title. What is it with this game? I never heard about it before, and now all of a sudden I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm like, yes! Diane Kruger! Yes! <laughs> and I was really hoping that one of them would say Dunning Kruger. But, <laughs> but it's not the Dunning Kruger factor. But fact. that would, wouldn't that be in itself an almost Diane Kruger? <laughs> that would be a level of Diane Kruger meta that I couldn't possibly handle. That's right. Multiple timelines. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it cracked me up. I just thought it was really silly. What was the game? So that, that's it. I don't even know. That, honestly, the, the title of the game, whatever it was, not important. It was really just Erroneous. the fact that I was like, ah, oh, I wish I was here. <laughs> there are often times throughout the day where I go, ah, ah, and I look over and you're not there. You know, like, that kind of, <laughs> like if, if I were to like, if I wanted to fully enjoy this joke, 
you would you would be available for that enjoyment. But that's right. You, you can always dial. You can always dial me up and see if I'm available and play it back. <laughs> but that's true. Sorry, I if you heard some clicking, I just had to rearrange some windows because I think I was talking too directly into the microphone. Oh, God forbid. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. I like to keep it level. Al, give me something. Um, what would you like? I don't know. <laughs> uh, FX premiere dates. Go. Oh, okay. I can do that. Uh, FX premiere dates. Dear God, please don't take this as a challenge. Heaven knows how poorly you took. We'd like to work from home a bit last year, but we wanted to write and let you know that you've only got a little bit more than three months left to stop FX's Why the Last Man adaptation for making it onto TV. As mere mortals, we don't really know why, in your infinite wisdom, you've pulled out so many stops to keep this well-regarded graphic novel from ever making it into theaters or onto TVs, but you certainly have. Sending more than a decade's worth of plagues, aborted movie projects, failed scripts, absent actors, bailing showrunners, and more, to consign Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrero's Eisner-winning Vertigo series to the pits of development hell. This is all the intro to an article on the AV Club. About FX setting premieres. <laughs> Good for them. I like I like that. I like when you go on a tangent. We're all about tangents on this show. We could just rename the show to Tangent. <laughs> tangents and the six. Um, yes. So anyway, that's I'm vaguely curious about why the last man. I have heard about it for quite a long time. I don't know anything about it other than that it was based on a graphic novel. But that's going to come out on FX on Hulu. Sorry, Brian. On September thirteenth. <laughs> We have, there's so many of those types of things that we do that, like, we could just have just a, a closet full of shirts with quotes on them. <laughs> hey, it's possible. This is this is coming. This is possible. Yeah. Um, anyway. I think Where Are We Vis-a-Vis the Thuckles is a good one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, that was, I know that was only today, but I, I'm going to hold on to it. Well, the thing is, there's so many layers to that joke. Uh, but sure. all of it is in-joke. All of it is specifically in-joke to you and me only right. and anyone who's watched the league and or listened to this show and mm-hmm. enjoys beer. Um, sure. That being said, there is also a spinoff series for American Horror Story, which I didn't realize called, wait for it, American Horror Stories. Oh, come on. Will be debuting on July 15th. <laughs> as well as the new comedy Reservation Dogs, which I know nothing about. What was that first one? Why? Person? Colon, The Last Man. That's what it's called? Yes. All right. And it sounds like that was has been in production hell? Yes, correct. Um, has there been a thing that was in production hell that came out and was good? Huh. Well, it depends on your definition of production hell and of good, but I'm going to just lob out there the biggest box office movie of all time, Avatar. I feel like that was in post, like that's in production hell now. No, 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 but it took 10 years to make the first one. It, sure, but it never really felt like they were running into those types of issues of like, uh, uh, like complications with like direction on where they wanted to go with it and like shutdowns and people leaving and things like that. It was more so that they were building the technology to make it. That's a lot of it, but the other thing was because it was never like specifically announced, we didn't have hype waiting for it. All of that hell happened behind the scenes before we even mm. thought to look. But That's I was, fair, I guess. And on all of that, though, I was thinking about um, Mad Max Fury Road. That's a good call. That's the one. That's the, yep. yeah. That's, that's it. One. Yeah. 
Is that the exception that proves the rule? What's, what's going on with that one? Is that Probably. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm sure we could cherry pick a couple more examples, but by and large. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good one. <clears throat> that is the one. That's the one where it's yeah. like, oh my God, like it, it, it's not going to come out. It's getting pushed for four years. I think seven people died and it's an amazing movie. <laughs> and also everyone hates each other now. <laughs> right, right. Nobody wants to do this again. Except that it was an amazing experience. <laughs> it's like, like during it, they're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. When it's all over, I want to, I, I, I'll go back. <laughs> so we'll go back to a description of why The Last Man, in case you don't know, like me who forgot, even though I've read this article like a week ago. Um, it's starring Warcraft's Ben Schnitzer as Yorick Brown, a regular monkey owning guy who suddenly finds himself one of the last two living beings on Earth with a Y chromosome. <laughs> a right. Sorry, I know the, all, the listeners can't see my face, but there was I, I didn't have sounds to go with it. <laughs> also, didn't we see this movie? Wasn't it Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And Andy Serkis in this one, too. <laughs> but as as uh, Ulysses Claw. <laughs> oh, my God. It might be his greatest role. With a no, pop album. Obviously, it's Gollum, but still. No, um, it, it's Ulysses Claw. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, American Horror Story, the original, which is on what it's like ninth season, um, will be dropping on August 25th, alongside the premiere of the 12th season of Archer on FXX. Archer. Um, and for the curious, yes, the press release does list the late Jessica Walter as voice talent on the season, so she presumably Aww. recorded at least part of the eight-episode season before her death in March of this year. Um, yes. Oh, and What We Do in the Shadows, which is back for its third season on September 2nd, and impeachment american crime story on september 7th and well that's it from this article so nice. i uh i can't believe i still haven't finished what we do in the shadows oh i forgot you didn't finish nope wait i forgot did you ever get to see jackie daytona bar nope. human bartender oh sure? no god why I'm, I'm like i'm it's either the next or the next next episode listen when you finally sit down to watch it at this point just let me know and we'll watch it together okay <laughs> Like via Zoom and or Skype or whatever. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to go back and rewatch the second season because there's definitely a handful of episodes that I was not in a fit mental state, whether because I was bone tired, exhausted, falling asleep and or drunk. Or, and what or does both. bone tired mean? When you're so tired, you're feeling your bones. No, yeah, okay. Which is my money. <laughs> which are also your money. <laughs> which is also my dollars. <laughs> 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 bone tired is going to turn into like broke tired because you have you have no bones <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that boy. that episode specifically I'd like to rewatch and see if I enjoy it just as much as I did the first time because sure. I thought it was hilarious and I kept seeing clips like during the course of that week when it came out and oh what a delight it was I don't know. I don't want to oversell it and then you have it like oh yeah that was funny but like well, so I don't know. I, are you? I don't know if you're playing the long game because, like, there's context there where you just said it was a delight, and it gives me PTSD. So. <laughs> Sorry, let me rephrase. It was would some <laughs> question number fifteen? Would some call, call this movie a delight? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy, no. Well, cause the thing is, when that episode came out, I saw the Seppin Wall re- recap show up that morning, and he hyped it up like crazy. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I can't wait to see this. And it lived up to my expectations. Lived up. I love that. So, yeah, I, I know. I, I often am afraid of that sort of thing. When I'm looking forward to something, I don't want to see that, oh, God, it's the best thing ever. Because I'm like, oh, but if it's only, like, really good, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. I uh, I really, uh, 
there's too many things that I do want to watch, and then, like, I don't, I just don't watch them. Like, I want to watch the rest of Archer, right? Like, I would like to watch what's out there and then catch up and whatever. But, uh, I really, because I have enjoyed that show. But when you mentioned Archer, all I can think about was I was watching Master of None when I was watching the first two seasons. I was mm-hmm. like, is that Archer? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, I yes, forgot he was in that. <laughs> Who was he in that? I forgot. He was like, he, he was with him on, he was with the dev on the, the the movie that he was doing where he gets kind of like completely cut out of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like I think he like works with him here and there. I don't know if it's all on that movie or if it's like through other jobs and stuff. But I remember he was in like a totally random episode of Parks and Rec. He played like a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in Twenty Two Jump Street. He was the head football coach of the the team Channing Tatum. He's just like one of the. He's you know it's because it's his voice, right? So like it's yes. almost like at a point when I've like stopped paying attention, and then I hear his voice, and I look up at the screen. I was like, what? <laughs> he's good in the Arby commercials, or what? I think it was Arby's, right? He did Maybe that sounds right. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. That's a lot of stuff coming out. Are you particularly excited about anything there? I mean, I kind of want to check out that Why the Last Man, just because obviously it's. People are looking forward to it, so I imagine that makes sure. it interesting. Like, yeah, like so. What's up? Yeah, I hear that because I have no context, so like I'm not even gonna bother reading the thing, or whatever. I just like go watch it, and if I like it, maybe I'll go back and read the graphic novel or whatever. So nice. I uh, as far as watching things go, I am still on, still going through Homeland. Okay, right. I'm on the uh, the tenth or eleventh. I think the eleventh episode of the third season. Oh, okay. So you made significant progress then, because the Wait, last yeah, time we that, talked, that, a yeah, that's all the piece. Yeah, the last time we talked a couple weeks ago, you were still, weren't you still in the, the, towards the end of the first season or something? Like I think so. Basically, yeah. seeing two seasons. Um, so far, what what uh, what I've gotten at this point, three seasons in, um, is uh, uh, I feel validated. Right? I, mm-hmm. I hate I hate Brody. Mm-hmm. I hate Carrie. Mm-hmm. I love Saul, and he's the only reason I continue to watch the show. <laughs> well, so even though. You know, I don't like necessarily like Carrie or Brody after a certain point. I still enjoyed the show and wanted to see where that was all going. Oh, sure, I want to see where the show is going. I mean, honestly, like they're playing the characters that they're meant to. Like, the, like I don't dislike the actors. I think they're doing a good job. They're doing yeah. a good job of playing these shitty characters. Their performances <laughs> but, were strong. Yeah, yeah. those first couple seasons. And I, I like what's his name. I'm totally blanking on his name. He, I didn't. I hated him in the second season when he was introduced. Uh, was it Peter? Oh, yeah, Peter Quinn. Quinn, that's right. You know, I thought that's what it was, but I was like, am I doing a Peter Quill thing or what? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he actually ended up becoming, behind Saul, one of my favorite characters during the course I, of the run. I, he's, I, I've, been, I've been intrigued by him as well. The thing is, he was a total robot in the second season, and then they made him into a human being in the third season. Sure. And so his yeah. arc ends up being strong overall. It's, you know, it's a bittersweet character, um, mm-hmm. but I ended up really growing to like that character a lot. And it's, hate- it was one of the reasons I was excited for seeing that he was in The Death of Stalin. I wish he'd had more of a role in that because mm-hmm. he was really good in that. He was good in Homeland, so. I, uh, I, there's the, the, the senator that's playing a big role in this season. I really can't stand him. He's just the absolute worst. But I've been using the rest of the storyline uh, to my advantage as far as fantasizing goes. And I'm like, I really just hope Brody sets him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the senator in the third season. Was that, what's his name? He's, Tracy Letts? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the actor's name. But uh, he's taking uh, the director position at the CIA. Or he's about, he's supposed to be taking the director position at the CIA. I think it is. 
I think it is him. I'm trying to think of a role that. Oh, was, is it the guy who was the father in Lady Bird? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you saw the movie. Uh, yeah, you did it for the, did it for the show, so I was hoping <laughs> you'd remember that that was him. Like, like blonde to grayish yes. hair, glasses. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. He's a good grayish. actor. It's funny, you want to set him on fire now, but if I remember correctly, and I may be misremembering, to be perfectly honest, I think he grows into a more, not sympathetic and understandable character, like you kind of see where he's coming from, even if you don't necessarily okay. agree with him. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, it's like a complicated, conflicted character. is like, he's, if I'm remembering correctly, and I may be misremembering, but I, I feel like he ultimately became like, okay, I get why you're doing what you're doing type of thing. Sure. I don't 100% agree with you. Like, I don't think you're a villain per se. Like, there's just difference of perspective. Mm-hmm. I think he's in a yeah, few I, 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 I respect that. Uh, when it's well written. And so far, I mean, I think the show is good. I think I'm enjoying it. And like I said, like, I don't, I despise those two characters, but it's, I, I don't think that like they should have done something different. Yeah, the problem is they're both train wrecks of human beings, and yeah. so they deserve each other ultimately. But that doesn't mean that they deserve to be happy per se. Sure, sure, that's that's fair. You know what? I put I put the phone <laughs> on Do Not Disturb. I put the iPad on Do Not Disturb. And now you've I been thought betrayed. the computer, and they betrayed me. And also, I have the audio coming through my headphones, so it just decided it just decided in this moment that the notification was going to come out of the speakers because you know <laughs> why not. <laughs> In the words of Jonah Hill, oh, fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, as far as my particular watching that's been going on, there hadn't been a lot for the last few weeks. And then I got to watch some Loki. I got to watch a little bit of The Bad Batch, even though I'm behind on that by a few mm. weeks. I finally, the other day, completed my tour through the 37 hours of the extended trilogy of The Lord of the Rings, which is nice. perfect because this year, sometime later this year, this year is the 20th anniversary of the release of Fellowship of the Ring. Don't say things like that to me. <laughs> Sorry, it's just math. Um, isn't it the 20th anniversary of Xbox also? Isn't that what that, isn't that, what that whole ordeal was? I don't That's know. That's crazy. This is nuts. Yeah, so it's funny. I feel like there's both been too much fanfare in the sense that I hate it that it's 20 years, as you were saying, but also probably not enough fanfare that like one of the great filmmaking achievements of all time It'll be a 25-year thing. They'll make a bigger deal out of it. In well, it's funny because actually in a store the other day, I saw Time Magazine had like a cover, like 20 years of Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh, wow, it's 20 years. And then I saw something online earlier today. It's like, okay, so like a couple of people are talking about it? Man. Dude, that's like one of those facts where you hear it and you throw your back out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it hurts. Ugh. Yeah, literally in this case, right? Yeah. And emotionally? And Yeah. But it was delightful to be able to finally finish. I mean, like, I hate that it's over because I enjoyed it, but, like, it did take me a few weeks to watch the three movies because... Sure. Like, I kept having to break up the viewings across, like, two or three nights, and they weren't always consecutive nights, especially as I'm dodging in between other things that I'm watching or doing. I guess I'm still pretty caught, like, in the the throes of hockey playoffs. The Islanders are in the the conference finals, so that's fun. Uh, But, yeah, other than those things, I haven't really been watching a lot so yeah i uh i really we'll want to I, I have to get back to um the the extent of the trilogy because i wasn't i was enjoying the 4k run what i will say is what i will be watching hopefully um is this weekend i believe yeah is the first episode of the new show that annie murphy's in oh kevin can fuck himself 
I don't know anything about this. Oh, see, this is what you lose out on by not having television because there's been a lot of commercials for it. Uh, That's why I have you. (laughs) So, in her first major role after Schitt's Creek, she is in a new show on AMC, and it's. I was her career was going so well. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's see. Listen, there's plenty of great shows that have been on AMC in the last ten years. Breaking Bad, some parts of Walking Dead. Um, so <laughs> Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, I've heard great things about humans. I never saw it. I would like to get around to that one of these years. Um, there's another show that I'm definitely missing that I know that is a really good show that I've watched. It is now. Um, but regardless, this show has such a ridiculous premise. Okay. That it's intriguing me. Plus, I want to give it a shot because I like her, obviously, from Jesus yeah. Creek and all. So. so the pitch is. She is a sitcom wife, like a hyper-realized version of a sitcom wife. You know, okay. typically they're put upon, they're married to some idiot, you know, and they're just supposed to either lob setups for jokes or get a zinger in and then go be a wife, right? Like that's what a sitcom wife tends to be. Uh-huh. So any scene that she's with her husband, it's a sitcom. But as soon as she leaves the room, it's like what happens to sitcom wives off camera when like they go out okay. the rest of their life. And it's like super dark, I think. All right, that I'm, part I'm, of I'm, just, I'm, I'm in because just I, first off, I just want to see her in more things. And she does a way over the top Massachusetts accent. It's like, a, <laughs> oh, I think awesome. it's not Boston. I think, they, I think it's supposed to take place in like Worcester Mass. And okay. like she has like a ridiculous over the top like Massachusetts accent. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Oh, I'm, so I'm so in for that. I'll send you when we're done here. There was like a sneak peek for the first episode. I think technically it was out on AMC Plus, but it debuts on AMC, like terrestrial, like on the 20th. What's, so, the, what's the show called? It's called, well, it's Kevin can F himself, but it's Kevin can fuck himself. I think the plot of the show, at least the first season is eventually she's going to snap and plan to try and kill her husband. I think that's where they're like hinting at it, where it's going to go. Okay. Is it spelt with, like, uh, just the letter? Okay, I found it. <laughs> it's Kevin can F asterisk, asterisk, asterisk right. himself. All right. And let's do this real quick. Sorry, give me a second. Series Sunday. Oh, there's two episodes coming on Sunday. Oh, cool. Fantastic. And perfect. All right. <laughs> I'll send <laughs> That's you how a- that works, AMC. <laughs> well, because I mentioned to my sister the other day, I was like, hey, there's this new show with, with what's her name, you know, Alexis from Shit's Creek. Like, you want to check it out? She's like, I'm in. She's like, what's it about? I was like, I'm not really sure. I've been trying to honestly, like, avoid too many details. Like, I want to just go in and see what it's about. I saw, like, a bit of a trailer. I was like, oh, it looks like it's part sitcom, part not. I'm not sure what that's about. Then I finally saw, like, okay, that's, like, kind of the thing is, like, sitcom when she's around him. And then it's like, the secret lives of a sitcom wife is like the rest of the show. And so I, me and her watched like before a couple hours before we recorded here, um, they did like a sneak peek from the first episode. It was like 90 seconds long and it shows you that it's like, Oh, there's like a traditional like sitcom scene set up. It looks like that multi-com like multi-camera, like, and they do the whole thing. And then she's like, got to go run to the store. And so she walks out of the room and it cuts to looking like a normal present day thing. That's and cool. it's like dark and dreary, and you see there's like a wardrobe change too. She's wearing like the stereotypical, stereotypical like, oh, it's you know a happy put upon <laughs> sitcom wife, and now she's like dressed down, like not like made up, like all that stuff, and she just turns out like flips off the house. 
I like that. I, this will be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching. Thanks for this is thanks for putting that on my radar today. What a day! This is great. <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, the other thing that I, I don't know if I said it before. Uh, I'm watching. I, I started watching the the boys. I picked it back up. So oh, I see. I forgot you didn't finish that either. You start well, not weird. finished so many shows, which is so weird. <laughs> it's, yeah, I uh, it's yeah. Uh, so that, I that's why I try and pick like one or two shows, finish all of them, and not like like uh, if there's something running like week to week, whatever. Like you can watch that, but like I try to like yeah. watch. Hey, there's three seasons of the show. Like I try and do that one at a time because otherwise, yeah, I will lose the thread and I won't. Well, that, finish it. that's the thing is I don't. Uh, there are some shows that I would that I want to watch that are not Kim shows. And I watch most of my TV with her, and then when we're not watching TV, like I'll probably play a game or something, yeah. Versus watch more TV, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, I watching that, and uh, of course, so I picked that back up, right? I watched a couple episodes of that, and then I watched this movie this week, and I get friggin' Diane Kruger by Mother's Milk, which is the phrase <laughs> that I would say. <laughs> Could you imagine someone overhearing that sentence, having no context, and being like, "I'm sorry." You got what by what? <laughs> I think they were gonna rob a bank. <laughs> but uh, that's that shows that shows good, man. I it's I enjoy it. I love that it it flips back and forth between light and dark, like without like without warning. <laughs> and I yes. think it's so good at that. Yeah, because there's like the fun, lighthearted comedy. There's the super raunchy comedy. There's the super dark comedy. Then there's just the flat out super dark and gruesome right. and brutal. And then every and then there's some super dark thing that happens like at the end of the episode, and then some super lighthearted song playing over it in the credits. You're like, this is just assaulting my nerves. It's they might as well rename that show "Cognitive Dissonance." The show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's very entertaining. I uh, it's funny. Like that, that, that's another show where like the characters are so good at at playing their role, mm-hmm. right? Like you want, you want Billy to come around. You want him to come around so bad, but he's not going to, cause that's not who he is. And like, yeah. that's, that's for you. If he comes around, that's not the character though. And he won't. And I think that's really cool. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, he'll never be the good guy, but he can be better at things. Just because you are a bad guy. <laughs> a bad guy does not mean you are a bad guy. <laughs> well, no, I mean, seriously, like, you know, he, can often do the wrong thing sometimes intentionally mm-hmm. like hey i don't want you guys to think i'm soft it's like that it's a weird version of like the mach- machismo like bravado all that stuff yeah yeah but like like early, how, you're how far into the second season are you uh the like insane asylum breakout so you've thing? already seen so you've already seen the exploding well then yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think that was the episode or maybe it was the one before it i forget where Mother's Milk says to to him, Huey is your canary in the coal mine. Yeah. And it really forces him to look. It's like, okay, I am not just being me, a kind of an asshole. Like, I am actively being a terrible person to the people who I care about. As much as I want to act like I don't, I do care about them. And they care about me. And I can't engage with that in a real human way because I'm too broken, or at least I think I am. Mm. But even for my own... Even if it's as cynical as I can't get what I need from these people, I'm actively harming that. And it makes him 1% less worse and 1% more attentive to Huey. And then he, he stands up for him, right? In, in a, he yeah. was willing to put his life on the line for him in that way, which maybe it's a gambit, right? Maybe it's just he's calling a bluff or whatever to, to, sure. to show something or whatever. But it's like, 
okay, so he's one percent less worse, right? Like he's yeah. not <laughs> he's not good, but he's better. Yeah, he paid back a dollar of millions in debt. Like yeah, <laughs> and it's like okay, so like that's what will keep you hooked, right? Is there is some iota of humanity in him. Mm-hmm. There is some small attempt for him to improve and try and redeem some part he's of him. He's just, never going to be re- so jaded. Yeah. That. He's never going to be redeemed, but yeah, he can be better. And you know that uh, given enough time, he will continue to be better and maybe never better enough. Maybe he'll yeah. like, you know, they'll still be in the, in the red, but he will chip away at that debt eventually. He also, uh, and the other thing that comes through, like, you can only play a character that well if you're having fun doing it. And if anybody's having fun playing their character, it is him. Well, he's turned up to 11 a lot, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. But anyway, I've been, I've been watching that too, and I've been really enjoying it. But uh, I've also, so, uh, I, I'm, still, I'm still listening to Without Remorse. Mm. And really enjoying the book. The book is fantastic. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot too. It's just like, so I didn't like when you guys said it was different, like I didn't, it's like, okay, uh, sure. Okay. Are there going to be parallels? And it's like, maybe the fact that he uh, is able to 50,000 for these uh, elaborate plans and uh, sometimes dresses like a bum. Otherwise. <laughs> and, well, I'm like, like, so I'm saying 50,000 foot view. Like he's a Navy SEAL. His wife died. He's clever. And he's like, people yeah. underestimate him. And like that's it. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, it's just like a different origin story. Like, and yeah. it and the book is is tremendous. It's really, it's just really entertaining. And uh, I'm just, I'm completely hooked. Uh, the cadence of the guy's voice, it's is really funny. Uh, it's just, it's it's too. It breaks immersion for me sometimes, especially when he does when he tries to do a female voice. And it's just, it's just. Just, just read it, dude. Just read the book. <laughs> well, not not just that, but like, it, okay, it's twenty twenty one. Can we not get two voice? Sure. People, like, just like, like you know, have, have yeah. someone narrate. Agreed. Whether that person be a guy or girl, have whoever them narrate, have them do everyone who's a, either the guy or the girl, and then just hire someone to do the other voice. Yeah, like it can like Agreed. one person can do all of the female voices, one people can do all of the male voices. That's right. And that can be the end of it, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't like it's it's weird. It's just a or, weird phenomenon. Or just read it. Either yeah, way, I mean, I can understand why it would work. I can understand why you want to signify this is now someone speaking, not me speaking, reading you the page. You know what I mean? It, like, no, I, 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 they, they do enough with with other cues like pauses and things like that that it's clear. But I don't know. It's just it is very funny to me. Anyway, here's the thing: the book is. I'm very much enjoying the book. Uh, drove to South Carolina, so a couple times there when Kim was asleep, I put the book on and I got hmm. like got an hour or so on the way, an hour or so on the way back, and then. Um, when I got back home, uh, I listened to when I, I, in the in the morning I'll do a workout and then I'll go for a walk. And after while I'm walking, I'll listen to the book. Mm. And all of a sudden lately, it just stops every five minutes or so, and I have to take my phone out and hit play again. Mm. And that's weird. And then it stops and I do it again. And then it stops and then it starts playing at a lower volume on a different chapter. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I. I have no idea what's happening. So this has been going on for a bit. You know, Spotify has been fighting with me too lately when I so listen to podcasts. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's happening. But anyway, I, uh, so I, I, you know, I work through it and I get home. I uh, put my phone down. I went to take a shower. Got out of the shower, dry my hair, and I'm, uh, I, Kim's out already. So she, she was out uh, at the yoga, and I 
was drying my hair and I hear a voice in the other room. I'm like, what? What? And I rapidly move the towel around myself versus while, and I go into the other room and I hear this man's voice and it's the book is playing. I'm like, that's strange. So I hit pause and I go back and I put gel in my hair and the book starts playing again. <laughs> and I go back and I stop it. And then I take it with me, the phone this time. And I just have it with me. Put deodorant on. And the book starts playing again. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm like, do you have to delete the app in between usage? Like, well, I this is what I was getting at. Like, Spotify's been doing the same thing to me, where like I'll be listening to something, I'll get out of the car, and usually it'll pause mm-hmm. and stop playing. But every once in a while, I'll get out of the car, I'll start walking, and then 30 seconds later, it starts picking up and playing again. I'm like, yeah, no. what are you doing? Or I'll get in the car, I'll dial a call, because I got to call one of my guys when I'm getting on the road yeah, and the call will be going for like 10 seconds and then it'll just start playing underneath it. That's underneath yeah. the call. No, and I'm like, the phones, no, the, the, they're fighting back. I think they're becoming yeah. self-aware. It's not great. <laughs> Maybe it's trying to communicate something to me. I don't know. Either way, the book's it's funny though. It's just the unsettling you, nature of listening to it that I don't sure. love. Well, you brought up the listening to without remorse and that just reminded me, I totally forgot like a week or so ago, Brian messaged me too. And like, he's like a couple of books in now. He was at least in Patriot games. If not, yeah. One of the other ones, I forget. Brian and listened to like 40 books in a week. I don't know. He's out of control. He's like, he's like oh my God, I'm like, this is so good. He goes, why Why didn't you or anyone else ever tell me? I was like, I've been telling you. Like, he's like, <laughs> it's like, why did anyone else tell me this like anywhere else about my life? Like, I was like, yeah, no, they're fantastic. Like they're like world renowned. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But uh, yeah, so that's, so that's been good. But then when we got on vacation, uh, the, the, the second half of the vacation, we were at a beach and, um, I brought my Kindle with me, and I finally finished Ready Player Two. Ah, which I, I was going to say, say list, listening to a book on the beach does not have the same no, no, no. thing as reading a book on the beach. You got to read yeah, a book so on the beach. I finished Ready Player Two, and I have to say, finally, after getting towards the end and watching how the entire story played out, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bringing nice. endorsement. You heard it here first. It's 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 fine. It's uh the first one is the first one's great. I really enjoy the book. I, I I had a lot of fun with it. Then I read Armada, and I really liked Armada. I thought I liked that story a little bit better. Uh, it it was very much like Independence Day, and there was just something exciting about it. Okay. And then this one comes, and Armada has a lot of recycled joke, uh, recycled references. Um, but then this book has recycled references again. But you can't. I feel like you can't do that to the from the previous. Now, when you say recycled, you meaning like the... The same thing being said as if it wasn't said before. That's what it feels like. So, like, meaning like a reference that was made in Armada is also made in Ready Player 2, is what you're saying, or...? Reference that was made in Ready Player 1 is made in Ready Player 2. Like, things like that. Like, oh. like, like almost like... And the, the problem, which you had actually uh, surfaced with that article that you read, was, like, a lot of it was forced mm-hmm. and, like, just there for the sake of being there very early on. Luckily, mm-hmm. that dropped off towards the end when we finally got into the story. That's good. But it's just like the in Ready Player One, there were three keys, right? Yes. Reasonable. We could break this up. Almost a three act structure built right into the main mechanic of the of the story, right? You said this was seven, right? Seven, seven, seven. Is that just a and Harry Potter like, thing, or? And then like the last two, they were like, I think I told you, like we were like, okay, same place. We'll get we'll get the two of them together, and but like 
they go on and on. It's like, I, I understand. I think people, maybe some people probably look for something more in a book than I look for. Like they, maybe they want to get lost in all of that detail and stuff like that. But I, I like to fill in those gaps a little bit. I like to let my imagination do some of the work for me. And when it's like overly descriptive or like lingers too long in a certain area, I start to lose interest. Well, it depends. Um, first of all, you have to have tremendous, tremendous writing skill, right? Cause like, there are people who object to the level of detail of certain things in like the Lord of the Rings series in like the, in the books in the Tolkien books. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's like, okay, but he's a master of the form. You know what I mean? Like he, and so he's granted some leeway. Like you're not going to get bored when he spends three pages writing the description of this area and the people and like the time that like formed what's to come there. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay. You know, like, but like, if you don't like to read, it doesn't matter how good he is, maybe you'll get bored of that. I don't know, right? But like, when you don't have that underlying skill or the underlying, like, why this is is or should be interesting, you're going to lose people quick on that sort of stuff. Uh, But yeah, I mean, everyone's, I guess everyone's mileage is going to vary or whatever, but it comes down to what is the purpose of this description? Is it to set the scene so that you can see it in your mind's eye? Is it to, Give world building and backstory so you understand right. who is where and why and what, why the people there are doing what they're doing. Because if that's the case, fantastic. And it's something that I find that the Lord of the Rings did quite excellently almost always. The Song of Ice and Fire, also pretty singularly excellent. Some of it's extravagant. Some of it's a little gratuitous. But the majority of it ends up being very informative to what's going on. Like what makes those books great is the political machinations and all the intrigue, right? And some of yeah. that is literally informed <clears throat> by that sort of detail and, and world building, right? Of who's who and where they are and why. And you know, when you're getting a backstory of how the reigns of Casimir and, you know, all these like different families do this and that, it's like, well, okay, like that happened 3000 years ago. It doesn't matter. Oh no, but that informs why the Lannisters are the way they are and why Tywin Lannister is a fucking prick. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, okay. Now I kind of see where we're going, you know? Sure. Yeah. Like, if it actually plays a purpose. Yeah. I, I get that. But like the, I think in this, in this case, like the idea was like, it was almost as if he wanted to add this bit because he likes this piece of pop culture. So he just wrote a shit ton about it and like mm-hmm. manifest the world. And granted it was very, descriptive and it was fine i think i just wasn't interested in certain in certain worlds that he made yeah uh and i was and you know and that happens you know that's so that's that's fine but i was just especially like, it sounds like they, you know, they really played like the greatest hits in the first one so yeah. after that you have to go with deeper cuts and those may or may not resonate sure sure and 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 they got to the point where like i got through those chapters right like obviously i read them but it was just like i'm ready for the next thing like let's 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 move on um, and then ultimately, like what they did with the story at the end, that was actually kind of fun to get through. That was exciting. Like, tell me the story. Show me how the characters are going to like get through this struggle. Like, I liked that stuff. I thought they did, he did a good job there. But uh, overall, Ready Player Two, it's fine. It's so it fine. sounds like it sounds like your ranking is Armada, Ready Player One, yes, Ready Player Two, yeah. But where does nerd porn auteur slot in that? That's a good question. I think it's almost it encompasses all. It's a uh, where those books overlap in the Venn diagram. That's what that that's what that area is labeled. <laughs> uh, final note on vacation. So okay. listen to some audiobooks on the way in and out. 
listened to, uh, read uh, Ready Player Two while I was there. Uh, on vacation, it was seven days, right? It was one day of travel in, one day of travel out. So five days in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to report that I had crab five times. Oh, and fantastic. I call that vacation a success. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you have five different types of crab? Meaning like the way it was prepared, served? Whatever? I had first crab vignettes on the first night. Okay. They were delicious. And there was a lot of them. Nice. The second night, I had... Uh, you know what? I forgot what kind of crab it was the second day. It's disappointing. It was not crab legs or anything like that. It, was, it must have been some... I forgot what it was. Anyway, third night was crab cakes. Fantastic. The second... Uh, sorry, the fourth... Maybe I have this backwards. Oh, so beignets. Sorry, the first night was beignets. The second night was crab cakes. The third and fourth night <laughs> were crab legs. <laughs> okay. And then the fifth was like some crab shrimp, like hush puppy style bolt. It was so good. Oh, okay. So good. And then one of the days I had hush puppies with honey butter. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Oh, oh mama. I, uh, <laughs> the, so the, two days in a row we went to the Crab Shack. That was near the Folly Beach Hotel. Okay. The first day I got the crab bucket and it was two clusters of crab. Yeah, bucket of crabs, way to do it. Yeah, yeah. The second day I was like, I'm gonna get the other one that has other things in it. It was a bucket with a cluster one cluster of crab legs, six oysters, and like two third pounds of shrimp. Sorry, two thirds of a pound of shrimp? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it I ate all of it. Fantastic. Just to be very clear. Oh uh, my god. So I, I, the oysters were closed and I had to open them with a thing. The I had to like shuck them myself, but they were already steamed. They did not open during the steaming. I guess that's a clam thing. Unclear. This is concerning because it's a clam thing and it's a muscle thing. Right. But it's I don't know. Not an oyster but they were thing? definitely cooked when I got inside. Okay. Right. I open it up. Right. I get the first one. I find a way in. I pry myself in. <laughs> yeah, there. Cool. Uh, pick up the second one. Can't get in. Move it aside for now. Third one, can't get in. Move it aside. Fourth one, breaking through. Finally get in. Got it. After that, I'm like, I'm going to move on. Move back to the crab for a bit because these oysters are driving me crazy. Eating some crab. Then, like, I guess this manager guy is walking around asking table by table, how's it going? How's it going? I thought you were going to say he's walking around table by table. Can I please open your oysters? (laughs) So he does that. He's going around asking. He gets to us. Everybody's, you know, good. What do you say when something? Hey, it's going good. Things delicious. Thank you. He gets to us. I was like, it's delicious. Quick question, though. Any pointers on approaching this beast? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. And he comes over and he grabs the oyster. And he shoves the <laughs> shiv, whatever this, this, whatever this thing is that I have, uh, in at a, on the back, which I was not expecting. I don't know how to do I don't know how to shuck an oyster. I've never done it before. But apparently, yeah. you can go in through the back, and it's a lot easier. I w- you would think that you would go at the front, like where maybe like you pry it in where it's where it closes down. That's what I was doing when I was getting them open, and it was fine. But there was like an area that he was able to get into at the back, and it cracked it open, and then you were able to just pull it apart. It like, I mean, I guess oh. that makes sense because like if you clean clams, you 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 cut it from the back. You you cut the uh, the hinge in the back, and that actually is much easier to open that way. Oh, I only cook to them and let them open themselves when they've gotten hot. Oh, yeah. No, so, like, if you're going to clean, like, clams to make, like, you know, like, I guess clams casino or, like, fried clams, however you want to mm. call it or whatever like that. <clears throat> you, oh, good you call. Actually, you cut it from the backside. Yeah. It's much easier to cut it open that way. You cut it from the backside and then 
pop the two halves open, you know. Yeah. And so while we were off to the races after I talked to this guy, it was yeah. it was all it was smooth sailing from that point on. And other ocean metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the shrimp were delicious too, but the crab was where it's at. When you get I am I'm I'm pretty good at at getting crab meat out of a crab leg. You're pretty good at crabs, got it. I uh, I am good, I'm good with crabs. I uh I uh I have methods. And I am I am very methodical about approaching the leg. When and one has goal, methods, I imagine they would be methodical. <laughs> yeah, and I, I my goal obviously is like I want the largest single piece that I can achieve. Yes, right. And uh, I've gotten pretty good at it. And there were some that were you know it was touch and go for a minute, but they came out nice and smooth. Yeah, and they just grabs uh, a cluster of crab legs. He just like flicks it with his finger, and like a whole crab <laughs> just, just pops out. <laughs> How? <laughs> just a bowl of just like lump crab meat. It's just a bowl of like eight individual strips of, cla- of crab leg and two perfect crab like claws. That's, like, that's how? Right. <laughs> anyway, really, the moral of the story is five days there, five days of crab. That's. I would be disappointed if it was any less. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad that we're on the same page when it comes to crab. I actually didn't know where you stand. Piece of crab. Awesome. Al, what's next? Something happened this week. E3? E3 happened this week. Did you imagine? I, I can't. It just happened. Unreal. Uh, Who would have thought? When I say E3, I'm really mostly focused on the Xbox showcase. Sure. Uh, just to because... be clear, I watched zero minutes of E3. Okay. Got it. <laughs> but you saw some announcements. Well, yeah, no, I saw some snippets on Twitter during the course of a couple of days. Went back when a handy game informer had a little portal that you launch onto. And it's like, hey, look, here's the things that happened on E3. It's like, okay, cool. Let me scan through this real quickly. And a couple of things just popped into my mind. And I'm just going to lob out a couple of them. Give me your thoughts. Give me whether or not you want thoughts on this. And then, uh, you know, we'll discuss or not discuss. Fuck. Was that Uh, that at me? (laughs) Uh, No, my phone's being a dick. (laughs) <laughs> it wants me to like update and i was like get out can i just can i just jerk yeah i was like okay can i just like defer this like conversation to later and i just tried to eggs out and it's like no it literally like launched a little like thing saying no make a decision on when we're gonna do this fucker before oh. you go to any other oh, screen no. like, like oh jesus okay let's let's just defer that to an hour we were now. nice like, the first time yeah um okay so the witcher uh, I what announcement came out there? I don't know. Oh, I was to say, do you want to discuss or not? Yes, discuss. Witcher season two. There was a little teaser video that came out. Witcher season oh. two. Um, it's about eight seconds long. It features predominantly Siri, and they show her. She looks like she's a little bit worked up, and you see little snippets and flashes of just like things happening, things going on, people, whatever. It's like okay, this is a new teaser, not the one that we already got. I think it was new. I'm pretty sure it was new. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware, or I don't recall a teaser, but I saw a tweet that was from like the other day, and it had the video embedded in it. Yeah. And it's probably it's it could be new. Fairly sure it was new, and it was like eight seconds long or ten seconds long. Yeah, or five like days ago. Oh yeah, I didn't see this one. I didn't think so, but like, not that there was anything to really go about it. It's just like, hey guys, sure. remember this is coming. They wrapped production a bit ago. It's going to come out later this year. So. Nice. I don't think they've officially dated when it's coming out, but it's it's gonna. Is it, does it, it have exist. a subtitle? Which I think it's just season two. Season two, yeah, looks that way. Cool. 
Oh, I'm excited for that. I I, I really enjoyed uh, the first season, and I've actually watched it twice. Yeah, I know. I remember you said idea. a few weeks back you you rewatched it. I, I I will probably rewatch it in the coming months just to refresh because it does feel like it's been a while. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. you know 18 months or whatever. So, um, Wait, yeah. did you watch Outlander? No, Dominic watched. I I don't know if he watched all of it. I think he's on the last season of it. So, um, but he watches that. I've never watched. You should watch that. Okay, okay. So we could talk about that. We could do, do a separate Outlander podcast. Very much enjoy that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just an Outlander podcast. Yeah. Um, and okay. we'll, we'll, we'll just all, and we'll only be able to record when I'm able to ship in bottles of the Sazenac, which is the. Uh, yeah, I think I don't remember if Dominic got a bottle or if he just. Okay, mine is long gone. <laughs> I think he got one. I'm not sure. Um. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Outlander is one of those ones that, like, way down the line, maybe I'll take a look at. But sure. All right. So the Witcher done. What yes. Thing? Okay. Elden Ring. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> we can talk about that for a minute. Um, I don't really care. I know a lot of people do. It's fine. Okay. Um, it looks interesting. Maybe if I really, if I'm really itching to play something, uh, and there's nothing else. I might get it, but I feel like this is a game that I will more likely eventually play when it either comes to Game Pass, I assume at some point way down the line, or like a, a like a games with gold type of situation. Like when it becomes available through one of the services I already have, I might play it. I don't think I'm actually going to go out of my way to play it. Okay. Um, I have not played any of the From Software games. Mm-hmm. Um, I Obviously, we both really enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order, which yes. is in that realm of like gameplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been intrigued by the phenomenon of dark souls, but I've always been intimidated. I was a little intimidated going to Jedi Fallen Order. I ended up really enjoying it, but part of it was Same. probably because Same. lightsabers and star Wars and like, I got over my initial, but I, I get a little bit of anxiety sometimes going into games like that, where it's like, Oh, this game is so, so fucking hard. And it's like, well, you're not really selling. Me. You know so what? Though, as I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, uh, I don't. I'm curious though. Like I had no, I had no issue with Jedi Fallen Order. I never found it like to the point where it was like stopping me from playing because it was so hard. I'm no. curious. Like, is it on the easy side compared to those type of games? I believe so. Well, the thing is, I think if I'm remembering correctly from what I've seen, just other people talking about it, I don't think you get to choose difficulties. I think it's just you're going to play the game. Like Jedi Fallen uh, Order. Okay. There was a ramping. You know, so I started it on easy or medium, yeah. whatever it was, and played it and by the time i was done i felt like i kind of mastered it and then i upped the difficulty and upped the difficulty and i was able to play it on grandmaster eventually right but like Mm -hmm. if i just jumped in and that was my only option i might have turned that game off it was really fucking hard but like i obviously had the baseline of skills and like the knowledge of some of the tricks of the trade that i needed so by that time i was okay but uh um yeah i don't know i i could be misremembering that someone might be yelling somewhere like no, you idiot. There's like difficulties, but like I thought that was the point. Was like there, you just play the version it tells you to play. Yeah. Now maybe this one would be different, but uh, what what struck me as interesting was one I saw a little. I actually I didn't watch the video, but I saw like still shots from the the trailer or whatever. Um, and there's the whole George R. R. Martin involvement, which is kind of intriguing. So, mm-hmm. um, but isn't it that he wrote like the um the lore, like the behind the scenes lore, but not the story of the game? Yeah, I think he was like he built like the world and the yeah. lore and mythology. I'm sure he contributed in some way to the story sure. or whatever. Was involved in like, hey, George, what do you think about this? Or pitch some ideas. Or hey, this 
would be a cool storyline to follow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But like, I don't think he literally wrote the script for it now. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what, do you want to play it? I'd like to see a, like a trailer of Can it. You see the reviews. Yeah, it's kind of like there, you, where it's like I don't, it's not going to like buy it at launch, but it's the type of thing true. where like I'm just curious enough where like that would be kind of cool to take a look at. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like I said, I, I I'll probably play it when it becomes available through one of the channels that I have. Okay. Um, free guy. That's Don't still know the a trailer thing. for that. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie is gonna set a record for most trailers ever, right? Yeah. Like it's gonna pass somehow even like Endgame, which gave us forty seven different trailers. Mm-hmm. At the end, it's actually gonna be some ridiculous ploy where you actually just stitch the trailers together and it's the movie. And then yeah, it would actually be cool at this point if they could just release like a treasure hunt with the, yeah. the movie. <laughs> And like you know, they're not going to exist like release it all at once. But like over the course of the couple of years they were supposed to have released this, like yeah. whoever is able to stitch the movie together into the proper order gets some <laughs> sort of prize. Like they get to get like one percent of the box office or something like that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> make it interactive, you know. Make people want to yeah. engage with it, you know. I just but, uh, yeah, it. it seems like it's going to be stupid and silly. Yeah, it looks really dumb. I wonder if the funny and fun will outweigh the dumb because this one, there's an element of try hard to it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like the aura that seems to be surrounding it. It, it. it weirdly feels like it should be animated and it should be voice acted by him. There's just something that even though it seems like, like a high concept and like they're throwing stuff at it, like there's something about it that feels B-movie to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Which is weird because like it feels like high concept in a way that like a big budget movie would try to be. Like if we're not gonna have an IP based thing like this, would, you would think this would be like a big budget like a list. We're gonna throw everything at this. Sure. Full court press type of thing, but I don't know. Something about it feels kind of B movie ish. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Like I, I'll see the movie. I'm interested, but like. I don't know that I'm excited for it. But yeah, my uh, my expectations are not high. I am sure that there's going to be a few laughs along the way. Only because, honestly, he doesn't even have to do anything. He can make a single face. Ryan Reynolds can make a single facial expression and I'll start laughing. Yeah, it's just a weird experience where it's like when they first released the trailer, it's like, oh, that seems like, sounds like a cool concept. Like, just like the pitch. Sounds like a cool idea. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work out in theory, like in practice. Like, if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a super cool idea. Just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but... It was one of those things that when the movie started getting delayed last year, but isn't is it not a Netflix thing? Am I am I wrong about that? It might be one of those ones that like Netflix like bankrolled, but it's going to be released concurrently it's, it's theater, theater right? and Netflix. Okay, you know, short run in the theater before it goes Netflix exclusive or something like that. I, I'm not 100 percent sure though. I, okay. I, I don't know, but that could also not be entirely. It's just something that I that maybe I I thought based on what I was looking at. Yeah. But anyway, it's one of the, it's just, it's that the lifespan of that movie has been so weird to me. Like, yeah, between that, it should, and been s- out, it should have been out two years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's just how long it's been delayed and all that. I totally forgot it existed. And then like, there's right. been eight different versions of trailers the last few months. It's like, well, either do the movie or don't like, you know, like, like it's, you yeah. clearly have completed the movie. So either release it or don't. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil television show. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. Did we? I have no recollection of that. Yeah, the Netflix one, right? Well, that's the thing. There seems to be two and then also a movie. Oh, I don't know about the movie, but there's an animated, <laughs> uh, like the, the Netflix one that I watched the trailer for, I really, it looked cool. I, I was interested in that one. Animated? Well, yeah. Okay, there's a live action show. 
Okay, that I don't know about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So there is an animated show, which okay. maybe we did talk about that one. I don't 100% remember, but like, I know that exists. Oh, but did this come out of like the, cop, the Capcom conference? I didn't see anything out of that one. I guess. I don't know. I just know it came out alongside all of the E3 stuff, and they announced like the main cast, I think. Hmm. And Resident Evil live action series on Netflix, what we know so far. Okay. Forgot that it was Netflix, but that's Infinite right. Darkness was the animated one, I think. Okay. It sounds like this one is going to kind of, in some way, shape, or form, be like trying to reflect some of the video game stuff. I don't know if it's like a reason. See, honestly, or... if they do that, I'll be so in. Because I think the video games are so wild. I just think it would be super fun to watch a movie. Because I actually, I, lately, I've decided, like, you know, I started playing Seven with Brian. If you listen to Game Bites, you might have heard about us talking about, like, heard us talking about that. But, like, I'm coming to the realization that I think I like I like to experience Resident Evil. I don't like stories. I don't like to play it. Yeah, like I enjoyed some of my time with four, but I wouldn't say that I really necessarily liked the gameplay. There was something that induced a lot of anxiety in me that I couldn't shoot the gun while moving. Mm-hmm. Like I totally am on board, even though I don't like like it, but I, I understand it's a simulation of reality where like your aim isn't as good when you're moving as when you're standing still or when you're like locked against a, like a something to like brace against or whatever. Right. But like, I hated that I could not physically shoot my gun unless I was stock still. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they've gotten away from some of that stuff, but, but, but yes, I, I understand that. I'm just like, okay, make me, make me totally inaccurate. Make it, it's a 1% chance of the bullet hitting. I hate that when there's a zombie standing four inches from my face, I have to stop moving to shoot it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but regardless, what caught my attention with this was Lance Reddick is cast as I know that name. villain Albert Wesker, and he is a tremendous villain. Ooh, cool. That's awesome. I've mentioned this show a bunch of times on this show. I know you've never seen it. It's one of those ones that if you ever want to get around to something to watch, it's easy because you can watch it in 22-minute bursts or whatever. He is tremendous on the show Corporate. That show was so good. (laughs) I hated how short the the run was. I hated how they totally sprung the final season on me out of nowhere last summer. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. When did we discuss that this show was ending? And it's (laughs) out like (laughs) two days ago. (laughs) And um, he's a good villain. Like, I mean, like, because like he was a good actor. He was a good guy in The Wire. And he's a good guy in his bit role in the John Wick movies. I love him in John Wick. Really good actor. That, that, that one scene, that look that he gives when he goes and grabs the shotgun is just perfect. Oh, and he's a very strong facial actor, too. He does yeah. some tremendous facial work in corporate. He is a great actor. He's a tremendous villain as the CEO of Hampton DeVille, Christian DeVille. Um, that, that, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm already in. You sold me. I'm on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little curious. This might end up being a train wreck. Uh, I don't know any of the names of any of the other main cast. But I saw Lance Reddick playing Wesker, and I was like, okay. It, it can't be more of a train wreck than when I went to see the original Resident Evil movie with my grade school buddies. Right? We got we, okay. we got tickets bought. We went to go see it. We watch it. We leave the theater. Not knowing. I mean, this is before we're looking into, like, we're deeper into the movies. And me and my buddy, when we're leaving, we're like, that that wasn't even remotely close. <laughs> <laughs> I feel robbed. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it was one of those ones where it's like, kind of like we were talking about, like, with without remorse, where, okay, something goes wrong in an underground thing and people are going to go investigate. 
those are the only similarities. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, isn't that, yeah. like, the like the gist it, of it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, but, like... Like, I saw the movie, but I'm saying, like, that was the gist of the first game. No, right? that, I played the first one, right? Like, that, that, no, was, that was the gist of the movie. The first game was, uh, it, it was, well, maybe a little bit of lead work, but we were mostly, like, centered around the mansion and stuff, and, it, like, how, like, the creepy vibes of that area, and, like, the... the double hey, you got a mansion sequence like in the first movie? <laughs> Wasn't it for, like, a second? There's a, the big culminating fight. Sure, but either way, this, it's not the same. It's not even remotely close in story. It's just and also like flashbacks you, to like what happened before. Sure, man, I should rewatch those. Or sure, I should rewatch that one. I would. I am curious whatever happened with the rest of the series. That I mean, the first one was bad, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a good bad movie where it's like I'm enjoying how bad this is. Like because like there was some legitimately like shocking or thrilling sequences, like the the fucking laser hallway. Yeah, I remember yeah, the yeah, first time I watch cool. it, like that that sticks with you. It's like okay, that how, was something else. How many did they make? Eight, Jesus. something like that. Really? I might. Have I saw the like one or two. Of them. I saw the first three. I forget the names of it, all of there's them. There's a chance that I've seen the first three because now that I'm thinking about it, I I, I feel like it's one of those things. If I go back and watch it, I'll be like, oh right. <laughs> so the first, you know, the first one was a good bad movie. The second one probably not good. But more action, just generally more stuff going on. There's okay. like different storylines. Um, weirdly, Jared Harris was in that movie, and he's way too good of an actor for that. But I guess mm. at that point, no one knew who Jared Harris was, so fair enough. Um, the third one, I think, was Apocalypse, and I call that because the entire thing takes place Mad Max style, like in like okay. a caravan crossing like desert wasteland. Ah, uh, yes, I didn't see that one. I think that's where okay. I where I trail. I did trail off around there. The, I think it's the, the second and third one both had Odin Fair in it, which that was kind of fun because mm. you know he's just kind of generally game for doing ridiculous shit in a movie. So you know he just traded in his machete or not a machete, but his scimitar, his scimitar from the Resident, not Resident Evil, from the Mummy movies for a machine gun in this. Because <laughs> either way, he's killing undead things in the desert. Whatever. Sure. Um, though that was definitely the last one. I, like I've seen little snippets of the ones after that, but those I definitely saw those three. And there is at least three or four more after that. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. All right. Well, I'm in for this. I want to watch that. What else? Okay. E3 wise. No, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, there's like so many more things that happened, but those are the only sure. things I got. I uh, the only thing that I really like dialed in for was the the Microsoft conference, the Microsoft mm-hmm. slash Bethesda conference, which I was just like. Did they do a Q&A? Did anyone tell us when we're going to get consoles? Or? Yeah, yeah. There's there was like four of them sold on GameStop today. They, yeah, there's, no, there's nothing nothing about that. Uh, however, when you do eventually get <laughs> your, your ultimate game, they were like, here's 30 games, 27 of which are available on Game Pass <laughs> like when they come out. It's like, that's awesome. Like, oh, like I can play all pretty much everything you showed me. <laughs> And then well, right. is that like is that like the hey we're sorry you couldn't get one so here you'll be able to play a game now? <laughs> like, no, if like, you ever I mean, get that, your hands that, on a no, console, that's, that's just like their Game Pass plan, their ultimate no, world know. domination plan. But um, man, I'm I'm pumped. The uh, specifically they they did show off some Halo multiplayer, which I'm very excited as you can expect. But uh, we're gonna hopefully it says holiday, whatever whatever that actually means, we'll find out, I guess. But um, yeah, there was some there was a other cool stuff which I'm not going to get into here. Uh, if you want more on E3, there will be a Game Bytes episode around this stuff within the coming weeks. Uh, but yeah, the last 
thing I think that we have to discuss for News and Nuggets is Loki. Correct. Right? Mischief Watch. <laughs> nice. <they> okay. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to call it. Uh, man, I got to say, first episode, intrigued, curious, it's fine, solid, six, okay. seven. Well, it's funny because you texted me a little while before we started the show, and you're like, that was way better than the first episode in yeah. reference to the second one. I was like, oh, did you not like the first one? So it no, sounds I like didn't, I didn't liked it, didn't it. love it. See, I thought of the three Marvel shows, that was by far the best first episode. That was, uh, yeah, I, I saw, like, as far as, like, strong storytelling, I, I, it was good. It's, I want, I'm, the thing is, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm already excited. I basically needed two episodes off the bat. I was too excited. I wanted them right then and there. Luckily, I didn't have to wait long uh, from yeah. the time that I watched the first to the second. But Also, we got way more of an idea of what's going on in this yeah, I agree. There wasn't they they're not they weren't really burying it and they got not that into, I don't, dove was, right into the lore, which was cool. I was like, not that I don't mind like the trail of breadcrumbs thing to get us to like the main plot, but at least you had mm-hmm. some concept of what's going on. Okay. Loki, yeah. variant, time variant, authority, they're trying to stop him and all variants. Okay, got it. Sure. That's what's going on, and yep. we're gonna see how those two very, things it was very clear cut. Yeah, there you was know no, I mean like okay, yeah. we don't know why specifically and this and that until like the final seconds of the episode, but like we get the gist of okay, they're here to keep everyone in line. Got it. You know, like and that's all I needed right now. Very much seems like this is what's going to drive the next phase of the MCU. Like the story that is unfolding here is probably is like the catalyst, it seems like, would be my guess. Well, I think it's funny looking at now through two episodes of what was it, eight of these or something? I forget. I don't, I don't know. I, I was going to ask you that if you knew how many episodes. I'm not 100% sure. Take. I'm sure we can look it up pretty quickly. Sure. But I, I no one knows. Um, <laughs> an undetermined. Listen, all yeah. these things are across timelines and there's a there's a past, a present, and a future. And they're all intersecting perpetually in the second timeline. Right. And, and it doesn't really matter. It's over already. How many episodes? Exactly. And one of them, it's never began. So, sure. um, <laughs> We're in that but, sweet spot. When you look at the three shows, what we've gotten of the three shows so far, it's very obvious that between this and WandaVision, we're getting a look into the macro of what mm-hmm. the rest of it's going, and then the micro was with Winter Soldier. And, yeah, and which is cool. I do like Falcon. that bounce. That I almost said Captain Falcon. <laughs> Wildly different show. Uh, they're, they're the boots on the ground. Hey, there's a new guard of Avengers, and we're going to see what that looks like and what mm-hmm. the world looks like post- Snap, and this is oh god, there's so many things going on in like the fourth dimension and flow of time, and that's where we're really going to be concerned with. From the majority of the stuff is that ethereal, like yeah. non-conventional space meta type stuff. It's like okay, fine, fair enough. There was there was really you know what there's a a moment in the first episode that just like the weight of what they're about to explore really hits me, and that's when he opens that drawer and there's just a bunch of infinity stones in it and the look on his face and the way that it hits him, it hit, I feel like it hits you, the audience and like, Oh, this is so much bigger. Yes. <laughs> and like, and well, it kind of ties into that whole, like how many I looked through a million, uh, however many 50, yeah, 15 million possibilities. And, and there's just one. the one where it plays out like that ties in very nicely to the storytelling of this. Also like, being it, it, that ultimate timeline. It reassures Many people, myself included, I mean, there's people who have been more jaded about it than me, I would say, on the lesser end, but like, okay, well, how do you outdo Thanos and his plot? Like, like, what's going to keep us, like, how do you raise the stakes on that? Mm-hmm. And you raise the stakes on that by saying, ha, those Infinity Stones are toys, we use them as paperweights. 
Like, yeah, yeah. what a what a gut punch that line is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those guys used it as paperweights. Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like, I couldn't believe like the entire universe. Yeah. Hung in the balance of those stones. It was, it, it obsessed Loki. It leads to his rise, fall, and then death, right? After redemption. Right. And it's reduced to an actual literal punchline. Right. Yeah, for, for sure. Well, and then there's also like the, it does like the there there is a lot going on inside of like inside of the story so far of like you you start to question things right like okay you're supposed to take it the, the idea with I feel like the first episode and like how the second episode starts is you're supposed to take at face value like how this timeline works and the, the overseers of that timeline and like okay this is the thing this is what's right and then they start to introduce the question of is it right and that's where it's starting to get interesting right like because we don't know. Uh, I, Loki wants an audience with the the time lizards that he calls them. I don't know what the I forget what they're actually called, but like timekeepers, the timekeepers, time and uh, and it's like and he's like, oh, like yeah, we, you'll you'll get that if you go if you go through with this. And it's like, but he's never met them. Mobius has never met the timekeepers, so it's like, oh, it, this is really something interesting there. And I'm I'm just curious to see how it's going to play out. And obviously, well, not obviously, but what I'm my what I'm gathering is that. The, this sacred timeline will break by the end of the series, right? And that will lead us into the Doctor Strange film because of its subtitle. Multiverse of Madness. Right. And right now there isn't because they are maintaining a single timeline. Yeah, that's probably a good point. So it would, I would my theory is obviously that it, it will break at some point throughout this, probably in the finale of this. And, but that necessarily, not necessarily being the bad thing, right? Almost as if it's like we're breaking away from like a tyranny of like like this like it's it's deus it's deus again yeah Uh, it's really interesting i'm just really curious right because there's some there's a big concept here is the world on tram lines or is it not and should either one inherently be desirable or desired right ah it's really cool um i and the first episode was a was definitely a, a I feel like it was a slower burn and it was like, there was a, definitely some um, there was some fun stuff in there to keep you ent- like hooked and entertained as far as Marvel does things, but I was I was ready to move I was already sold and kind of bought in and I kind of got it right pretty quickly I was ready to move forward a little bit faster which is yeah. on me not well I found I, it's funny because I found that less in this one than I did in the other two and I think it's because they established and built the world so well and they mm. had such a clear vibe and aesthetic not to say the other ones didn't but like it's a, it was i felt there was a clearer and more richly developed like theory behind this world and what specifically they wanted to accomplish from a narrative and character standpoint and from a vibe aesthetic standpoint it, yeah like married together into, into one because there's a hard pause where I think they had to reiterate some of what's, what's happened, what's going on, because we know Loki, we've established him as a character, but remember, this isn't the most recent Loki you've seen. It's Loki from several years ago, which is why we have to rewatch the clip of him breaking the timeline. We have to watch him come to terms with the fact that he's not necessarily the one true Loki, mm-hmm. and specifically that his story, while he will become the one true Loki as time flows, there's moments that we've seen that he hasn't come to terms with and we catch him in this weird state of because he finally proves that he's self-aware and that this whole mischief thing is a bit of a facade. Mm -hmm. And also that we know that he sees that he can be good. He watches 
the video of him on the Rainbow Bridge and sacrificing himself and dying. And he has to come to terms with his literal like mortality and the fact that he does so in service of good for once that we know that he knows he can be that, but he isn't actually that mm-hmm. yet. And like, he's kind of trying to figure out, well, do I want to be that or not? And okay. So I'm capable of it. No one's going to think that I'm selling out if I do that, but I'm, I'm still trying those shoes on. They don't necessarily right. fit yet. You know, oh, they don't like, I got to break them in. Which I think is is interesting, and we set like this tone of this is like a very dark, somber, like this is a depressed Loki who's coming to terms with the fact that technically he's dead, even though he's mm. still alive, and he very much wants to be alive, and yet these people very much want him dead, mm. and seem like well, no matter how much we like you or you like you or you try and convince us or manipulate us or redeem yourself or whatever, this story probably has to end with you being dead because right. you're dead. Right. Yeah, it's 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 wild. It's there's definitely there's that dark undertone as there is with like anytime you look a little bit past the surface with like I mean obviously there's a dark story going on, but there's an even darker thing to what you're saying there, right? And like I feel like that that's pretty consistent throughout the Marvel universe, which I think is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. I think you just enjoy it like at face value if you just want to drop one of the movies on. But like if you really start to dig deeper into like what's happening, there there that's fairly consistent doing things like that throughout the yeah. throughout the the, the uh, cinematic universe. I I really, uh, first of all, I love Owen Wilson. I, I think I've established, like, I, I, I've always liked him, but I really do. I think he's a fantastic, I think he's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And he's really, he just seems to, he all, he's one of those uh, actors that seems to have, be having fun regardless of what role he's playing. Also, he turned down the shtick just a little bit in this, which is. Yeah, he, yes. And, but every once in a while that, that comes through. Like, he, like, I don't know, he's, he cracks me up lately. Yeah, and uh, I love. Well, this I, kind think, of I think I think actually future comedy that thing well, that happens between the two of them in this dark space. I think he's just being him instead of being like the Owen Wilson shtick because right, like he is a funny guy and yeah. he doesn't have to go over the top with all of that. Like he can just be him and then like let it out in little doses here and there mm-hmm. because like he has that inherent. I'm not re- necessarily 100% willing to give it to him, but like he might start to creep up onto the board of we need a comedic actor here who can do a serious role for us yeah. in the movie that we make eventually, right? Yeah, for for sure. Because it almost, I mean, he's it's possible that he's just been typecasted to like, no, I want we want no, we want that Owen Wilson from that other movie. Yeah, right. Whereas like this is they giving him a little bit more of a of a range. I uh, I will say uh, out loud laughing at one point in this last episode when Loki is stalling them by going through this whole thing. Uh, don't go outside. It's trapped. This whole thing. He's like, hear him out, hear him out. And he's like talking him through and he's like, yeah, ah, he's lying. Let's go. <laughs> that whole thing really cracked me up. I just thought it was like, that was like, Oh, only he can deliver it that way. Like that's, yeah. that's a, that's an Owen Wilson line right, right there. And it was just so funny, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm very much looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, well, the two of them have had great chemistry already, which is great. Just Tom Hiddleston seems to love doing this role. What yeah. popped to me in the first episode at the end was in the credits. He's an executive producer on this, which is the first time I've seen. I'm not saying that this is the only case, but of the three shows, I don't recall seeing the leads in either of the other shows as an executive yeah, producer credit. Yeah, I don't know. Which to me shows a level of ownership mm-hmm. that is important because I wonder with a guy like him, I mean, I don't know anything about him, but like 
uh, he kind of strikes me as a little bit of the stereotypical like British thespian. And I kind of wonder if he would grow tired of the role eventually. Mm. And given that level of ownership, I wonder if that's what's kept him engaged. Oh, interesting. I don't know. He's a really talented actor. I really like him. We, I mean, you've seen Kong Skull Island. You know, yeah. he's really good in that role. He was really good in The Night Manager, which I know I've talked about on the show yeah. a couple of years ago when I watched it. He is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, he hams it up some in this role, obviously. It sure. looks like he's having fun. I mean, the whole thing um, in Pompeii was ridiculous. That, that was <laughs> a blast, though. <laughs> Just screaming at these poor villagers in Italian. Yeah. Like, releasing goats, talking about that the future awesome. and their imminent death, going nuts. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> But I, I was like, like also cracking up. Doom of like as the ash is coming forward, and they're still just talking to each other. Yeah, and you see each each meteor strike, is <laughs> yeah. like just a little bit closer behind him. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was good. That was good. Um, but also, like in the quiet moments, like there's some real hurt. Go- I yeah. feel like Paul Rudd and, and forgetting Sarah Marshall. There's some pain behind those eyes. It's like yeah. you know, there's only there- one thing for that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I just. I totally dig. And like, there's that whole, like, I don't know if it's sixties or seventies, like aesthetic that they're going for here with those, like the entire it's, Brown color scale slash orange color. It's scale. a future movie made in the seventies. That's what yes. it is. Yes. Um, yeah. There's a very like Jetsons E vibe to yeah. a lot of it. I love that. There's like have still, these... there's like tape media, but everything's digital, but they also use files. Yes. They have paper I lo- files. I love it. I love it. <laughs> which I think that part is a big like visual gag. The fact that they, you know, like the, well, first there was the printouts with the, the fucking perforated edges, the dot matrix printer. Yeah. With, yeah. You know, please sign and verify. This is every single word that you've ever said. <laughs> he goes, what? And he <laughs> another page just with the word button. Please sign, sign this too. <laughs> and it's like, okay, they have the technology and obviously the magic to do that. And yet it's on a fucking dot matrix 1990s, like the awesome. printer. There's a guy with a rotary phone in the middle of an emergency. Yeah, and how, how he's trying to dial it. That was that cracked me up. Yeah, that like you said, there's like literal tapes that are you know being spooled, but then they have like fucking 3D holographic like images yeah. and all this advanced technology, time portals, all this sort of ridiculous stuff that like ultra taser that disintegrates people and all that. You know the the, the little time knob thing that yeah. that you know thing you know creates paradoxes in time it feels like uh but it, it was like kind of the stuff with like john wick like where they have the the <laughs> that like a little office with all like stuff and all the it's all 19 like 80s and 90s computers yep. but all of them are dressed up with like ridiculous office attire and tattoos and piercings like i'm so confused by everything that's going on they're on mm-hmm. fucking black like command line screens with green text and like, they're sending out like blast. <laughs> Like text to smartphones, I'm so confused by all of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's 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 fun, man. It's, it's I have a blast watching this stuff. I awesome. I'm really looking forward. To, like I love the, I love like there was something about there was a scene in in the second episode of an elevator going down slowly and like just the structure that that elevator was inside of, and I just like I was getting lost. Like I was fully immersed in the world that they were building there, and I was like, this is so cool. Like this is like. It feels like a movie made with the spirit of like Dune or a Star Wars or something at that time, but with the sensibilities of modern filmmaking to make Mm -hmm. it look, to make it feel more real, even though they did a pretty great job back then in those moments, like to 
to recapture your imagination in a certain way. Kind of like, um, I don't know, have you, I forget what it's called. It's like Tomorrowland or something like that. It's a, it's a ride in Disney and you go through like the ages of like, yeah, was it a pot one or something like that? I don't, I don't remember, but like, it's, it's almost like that where like that captures your imagination when you're in there, even though it's like cheesy and it's we're past the part that was the future when it was made. Like, was that an actual Disney ride or was it the thing from Batman mask of the phantasm? No, it's an actual thing. (laughs) And yes, (laughs) but uh, I don't know. There's something about that, that like it really, like it puts you, they do a good job of putting you in the space and I, I don't know, it works so well. It's very aesthetically pleasing, too. Yes. Also, music, A+. plus. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, there's definitely some, like, vibes of Ragnarok, specifically that, like, kind of 80s, like, techno yes. synth stuff. But there's other weird, like, creepy, ethereal, like, stuff going on, too. Yeah. It's funny, because it, it, it almost... If you had to slot this in, I mean, Loki's the character, so it has to go in the cosmic grouping of the movies but it is starting to stand apart from that a bit and that it almost it's starting to to surface that there is actually another branch of it and those like of the time-based ones so like Mm -hmm. which is dr strange loki and like maybe and whatever else guardians totes the line a bit like i don't know there's uh it's it's interesting so it feels like there's another branch that they've created with that there that that this one falls into uh i guess now technically ant-man Ant Man, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Ant Man would fit in there, fit well in there, um, and and Endgame, yeah, right. Well, it that's has, I mean, it has obviously, it. Endgame is like all of the aspects come together, for, right? For sure. But uh, ah, it's it's I'm I'm pumped. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm also really excited for like the next movie we get to watch. Yeah. Well, I guess that will be Black Widow. I'm very excited for the second movie we get to watch, <laughs> which will be Multiverse. Oh, is it? Either? Oh, sure, that too. What, what did you say? Multiverse of Madness? No, it's definitely the Eternals. Eternals? Okay, that's that too. That's because that's something new. I, I'm I'm less excited. I'm not. The only reason why I'm not pumped about the Black Widow movie is I'm not super thrilled about going back in time. And, and let, I don't know how it's going to tie in, but I shouldn't doubt them, right? Yeah, they'll, probably. They'll not. do something important, I'm sure. But, uh, yes. We'll, see. I, well, I hope so. Yeah. It's not just going to be like a one-off movie that doesn't really fit, which is, you know what it is? That's just how it feels from the trailers. Yes. Well, it's because she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Actually, it'd be a hell of a thing if this somehow looped in with Loki, where this is like some other timeline, or if this can be possible because of the breaking of the sacred timeline. Mm, interesting. Oh, yeah. And you find out that that's like the world that that movie is in is actually not the world that leads to Endgame. That's too much for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on Loki? No, I'm just uh, I'm pumped for next week's. It's nice that we actually get to. I know you didn't like the Wednesday release, and I'm a little skeptical on it too. I got done with work a little early today, so I was able to fit it in. But like, it's cool that it was on the day we're recording this episode come out right after the most recent episode, not yeah, versus a week the after. Week yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Uh, let's do uh, some fun and games. Okay, if you insist. I, I I do insist. What do you got? <laughs> you, you, oh, I can't just say what do you got, right? Because that, that kind of defeats the purpose. It's a hell of a trick. It's over um, one. I almost got you. Hi. <laughs> uh, all right. So you, you have a movie prepared. I do. Right? Okay. Did this movie come out before the year 2000? Yes. 
Okay. Did this movie become out, come out before the year 1990? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. Did this movie come out before the year 1980? No. Okay, cool. All right, so we've got an 80s movie. Uh, is this movie a sci-fi movie? Let me look on IMDb at what the official thing would, is. I probably should have phrased that as, would you qualify this movie as a sci-fi movie? <sighs> There's a sci-fi element, but that would not be what I would say the primary category of movie is. Okay. Uh, is this an action movie? Yes. Uh, 80s action movie. Uh, is Schwarzenegger in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Alright. Ease up. Gotta ease up. Uh, okay. Uh, it's an action movie. At least in the 80s. Uh, um... Are there? How can I do? How can I? Oh, is this a late '80s movie? Define late '80s. Uh, I will go uh, like '88, '89. No. Okay. All right. So we're all right. Probably burning too much here, but it's fine. Um, was this a well-received movie? Yes. That's eight, by the way. Just didn't give you an update on how many questions you asked for it. That's fine. Uh, is, uh, does this movie have um, like an obvious, how can I phrase this, uh, an, an obvious lead role? Yes. Okay. Is the lead a male? Yes. It's an 80s action movie. There's <laughs> options. <laughs> um, okay. Is this movie... Based on a licensed property? No. Okay. Hmm. Um, is this movie also a comedy? No. Okay, so we're, 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 we're pretty much... Um, That's 12. Okay, so we got an 80s action movie. Uh, is it starring one of those uh, quintessential 80s action heroes? Not, it's not Schwarzenegger, but like of that type? Define that better for me. Oh. Well, because I don't want to either betray too easily sure. or betray you and lead you down the wrong. No, so that, just... that's, that's fair. Um, like, uh, like Stallone, Seagal, Jean-Claude Van... Somebody, is it starring somebody that was in The Expendables? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just... Double check. Well, because there's three movies, and by the end of the third one, I don't remember who was sure, that's, in them that's all. Fine. So I don't want to answer this incorrectly. So just give me two seconds. Um, oh, yes. He was in an expendable. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, that was what, 14? I don't know. Or 13, sorry. I think it was 13. Okay, that makes me feel a little better. Um, all right. I feel like you would have known some of the the core Expendables cast. His <sighs> the problem is now I don't remember who was in the Expendables either. Well, see, that's what I was getting at. Like, yeah, like I saw the first movie and I remember that one, and I saw the second and third one. But after a certain point, it all blurred together, and who the hell fucking remembers who was and wasn't? So, yeah. Um. Uh. Is does this? Oh, that's probably a stupid question. 
I'm not, I'm not asking this, but I was about to ask, is this like, is there a revenge plot? But I'm just not going to bother. God. Um, 80, okay, 80s action movie with a, an Expendables-like as the lead. Uh, not based on a licensed property, which is a, actually a help. Um, man, I am, I am, I'm action movie, sci-fi light. Sci-fi light. What would make it have aspects of a sci-fi male star? Uh, is there a lot of uh, like martial arts fighting? No. Okay. Okay. It's a big. Is it? Is it? A, is it a very? Is it a shooty movie? Is there a lot of shooting going on? Well, you know, Schwarzenegger is not in it, so I can use this as an analogy. Like, it's not Commando. But sure. like, there is gunplay at times. Sure, sure. Um, so that's fifteen. Oh man, does the movie take place in America? The majority of the movie does not take place in America. Don't look at your wall oh, of movies. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, okay. Majority. Of- Oh, I don't know if any of this movie takes sci-fi light. Mel Gibson in this movie? No. Shit. You're going Mad go, Max? I was about to go down the Mad Max rabbit hole. I believe uh, that's supposed to take place in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's 17. Oh, boy. Um, <sighs> Jackie Chan? Is Jackie Chan in this movie? No. Damn! <laughs> I don't know. I've got nothing. I've got you. You, pl- you played yourself on that one because you asked about martial arts already. Oh, good call. Good call. That's, that, that's my bad. That's a waste. That was a waste. So I thought you were going down the Bruce Lee rabbit hole with that one. No, no, no. Uh, well, I, I actually I was kind of going with that uh, originally. I had forgotten about Jackie Chan, and then I was like, he was in a number of '80s movies that I really enjoyed. <laughs> See, to me, I just think of him starting with Rush Hour, you know? <laughs> sure. Um, I feel like I don't have... The, oh, right. We said there was some gun... There was some gunplay. Uh, sci-fi... Sci-fi light. So let me reiterate the way I answered the question. This. It's not a sci-fi movie, but there There's is sci-fi. a sci-fi aspect. It's not sci-fi light. Well, I don't know what you mean by that, but like yeah, I just want to be clear, that's not what I said. Okay, okay, I just want to be clear, that's not what I said. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of I'm curious about the sci-fi aspect, though. Um, I only have two questions. Well, I'm not, I only have one question. I guess right? Is that where we're at? I had I already asked you eighteen. You asked eighteen. Yeah, I actually, have, I, I don't know that I've ever guess. come up to the twenty point is that is it 20 and then you just get a blind guess or is uh, the 20th yeah. have to be the guess the 20th has to be the guess okay um man okay Let me, let's let's run through okay all right we've got an 80s action movie mm-hmm. uh mid to early 80s action movie mm-hmm. not starring arnold schwarzenegger but starring a it's it's a male lead yes who is in the expendables mm-hmm. at some point or another yes um, there's a sci-fi element. Yeah. There's some shooting. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Is he in the Expendables? <sighs> um, 
Is this movie part of a series? Yes. Remember, this is now your final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is, uh, oh god, okay. I don't. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So close. Ah, it's Last Star. <laughs> Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. Wasn't that was Raiders '80s? So the other day was the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost. Oh Star. my god. 1981. Wow. Wow. I can't believe it's that I stumped sense. you on a movie that I know you love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I do love <laughs> like, it. It wasn't like I picked it. something obscure you never saw or like you, you're familiar with, but like you saw part of it one time when you were eight. Yeah, like I, 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 burned, I burned too many questions on... Um, and there was one point where I, made a, where I made a stretch of like I was, I was hammering. And... Well, your first few questions were all good to like narrow it down. Yeah. And then I think you just had some unlucky... Guesses or questions? Obviously, yeah. you know now. I got the run, though. I got in the universe. Yes, I'm happy with you that. Did. I'm happy with that. The, the, the problem is, you guessed the last crusade. That's like 1987. Is it? Is that late? Something like that. Yeah. I was, I was worried like, that. So I, I was under the impression that Raiders came out like 79, 80. Which yeah, I can understand I, I, that, but I think it it came out right after Empire. Uh, Empire was 80. Yeah. So, and okay. Raiders was 81. Um, and That's I think funny. similar to Star Wars that came out like every three years, I think it was like 81, 84, 87 or something like that. I forgot. I forgot to ask, which I probably should have, is do I like this movie? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to ask that at some point. Now, I don't know that that would have made you get the answer, but like, yeah, I gave you enough clues there where I was like, oh God, he's going to get it now because he got that one. And also, yeah. obviously what made me pick this one was the other day seeing that I was like, if Anthony saw the 40th anniversary of the other day, he's going to get it like the third one. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that, but that's, that's cool. All right. All right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with how this played out. Action movie, sci-fi element. Yeah. I couldn't remember for the life of me if Harrison Ford was in the Expendables. Cause then I, I was like, I was like, you know what? I think he might've been. Well, and he is in the third one for like five minutes. Like, that, that's what threw me off is actually, I, that was a bad question on my part because I, I didn't, I didn't consider that. Like I've only watched, like I think I may, I may have seen all three of them. I don't even know. But like, well, I wondered if you were going to jump down like the Bruce Willis thing, if you're going to go die hard. Sure. Because that was a more obvious one. I wouldn't well, know what, you know what the, uh, the way that you danced around shooting made me move away from Bruce Willis. Sure. Um, and like, they're shooting in this movie, but it's not a yeah, that not sort a of movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, I, I agree. The it's, other thing was if you had shot. if you had asked, I think you would have definitely got if you had asked if the movie was contemporary to the time it was released. I kind of was afraid that. Oh, no, that would have been a good. That would have been a good one for this. That would have been actually I was af- super helpful. I know. I was afraid when I said, "There's no other way to answer the question, other than the way I did it." I think. When you asked, does the movie take place in the U.S.? And I said, the majority of it doesn't. I wondered if you would think, okay, well, what's like an abroad, like traveling movie that takes place at least partially in the U.S.? Well, that movie takes place in the U.S. for like eight minutes and the rest of the runtime is globetrotting, you know? Part of a series would have been good to ask earlier on, too. Yeah, you really, I mean, listen, it's what got you in the, yeah. the realm because you had literally asked something in some way, shape, or form about every 80s action star Except Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's fun. I had a good time with that one. That was a good pick. Yeah, good I'm pick. glad. It, I'm I, glad it, it went down to the wire like that because I was a little afraid. I was like, man, if he saw that this was the anniversary of the other day, then he's gonna get that's this. it. Yeah. <laughs> under under ten. <laughs> that's funny. 
All right, well, hey, with that, let us get into our flick of the week. Wrath of Man, released in 2021, rated R with an hour and 59 minute runtime. Your completely incomprehensible IMDb synopsis. The plot follows H, a cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. That's like 20% accurate. Sorry, I, uh, I shouldn't have said incomprehensible. I should have just said... Uh, Incomplete? Misleading. Incomplete? Yeah. Uh, it's barely, it's even, it's barely the plot of the movie. Uh, that <laughs> being said, why don't you give me your tweet-length review? Much darker and more serious overall and lighter on the laugh-out-loud comedy from the other Richie movies, but still a heck of a flick. 7 out of 10. Oh, look at us. Uh, Wrath of Man is a brutal, over-the-top, and unforgiving wild ride. Set in a sort of alternate Guy Ritchie universe devoid of the expected charm, it still stands on its own. 7 out of 10. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, I like same, when we same. have the same, yeah, when we're on the same exact page. <laughs> Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I want to start off somewhere. Okay. That's and in that place is here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second Pern Hadley joke in this episode. <laughs> All right. Or I forget. Was mine on, on air or before? I forget. Uh, I think it might have been. I'm not sure. It might have been before. Uh, but the... All right. Jason Statham... This is not the first time I've seen him do this. Jason Statham is able to wear two different sets of clothing that I cannot wear. First. Only two? Two specific ones that I really can't do. Okay? The okay. first of which is the sweater with the bulky collar and the big buttons. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he wore like a cable knit like yeah, sweater. He, he kind he of in the it, same family as the Chris Evans from Nine Yes. Nine. Yes, exactly. Uh, but with buttons. He can wear that. I got one of those sweaters in a um, in a Stitch Fix once. That's a, that's a, let's just, let's just be honest. That's a shirt that you need to have like a really good physique for. No, oh, absolutely. I, I put that sweater on and I just look like a bull yarn. <laughs> it's not. Which is funny because it's, it's so bulky and thick that it's not like it's like showing off no. the ripples of your musculature, but if you're fat, you don't look good in that shirt. No, 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 it's not at all. Just pile of yarn. I, the other <laughs> one is that he wears like these track suits. Yes. Right. If I were to wear a track suit, I would look like Guru from Despicable <laughs> Me. <laughs> I was going to say you would just like you would just look like everyone who lived on Staten Island when you. That's there. fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's too much. You look at these people. I'm just like this is. I can be. That's not even. That's not right. I, I'm going to mention a third one. Yeah. What do you got? Not to pile on, but sure. you started the topic. But um, and he doesn't wear it in this one. But I was going to say pants, no shoes, no shirt, and skating in. Motor oil? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. <laughs> that's the attire I'm going out in. Uh, he's a very fit human being. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so it gives him a few more options. Yes, that's no? correct. Uh, granted, if he's at a counter, if he's working at a pizzeria and he's got an apron on, I don't trust that the pizza's very good. Whereas if I'm no, but he's still gonna—he's he, still gonna look better though. Like he'll look fine. <laughs> you're gonna look like you make better pizza. That's right. <laughs> but he's gonna look better just as far as like general presentation. 
man. The only man that can come on this podcast and make Al put his shirt back on. <laughs> Fair. I would, I would, I would, if we got Jason Statham on the show, I'd put a shirt on. It's fun. You just pour motor oil yourself. Did I do it right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I'm going to say is I'm definitely stronger than him because I'm like six inches taller and like a hundred pounds heavier. Like, I have physically more muscle on me. Sure. But I also have very much more fat than he does, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, so this movie, uh, very dark. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my run through it. I was definitely, like, uh, I thought it was suffering a little bit of an identity crisis early on, but it was really just yes. the, the only place that he was having fun was with the dialogue, mm-hmm. um, which you can expect from those movies, it seems. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, it does not fit with The Gentleman or Snatch or Lockstock. Like, you see elements of, mm-hmm. like, common DNA, but those movies are, like, capers. Like, there's definitely some dark, you know, people die and all that shit, right? But, like, there is some fun to be had, even some, like, black comedy. And this is basically only black comedy. And even that in very rare instances. Very little, yeah. The what? Uh, so what struck me? So let's like out of the gate, we have the the the, fir- the opening of the movie um, is the is the first armored car robbery, right? Yes. That what blew me. What I love about that, there's a lot of great camera work in this movie, like amazing camera. Work. Which first, again, that's that's some of the DNA of the Ritchie films, right? But that that whole first sequence, like it takes place at a fixed point in the truck. Mm-hmm. And it pivots, and, right? Uh, it doesn't move that much, or at all. Well, I think I think the camera might pivot from like between them. Maybe maybe early on, but by the time we get to the stop at the stop sign, it, the camera doesn't move again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And it's shot in such a way where it's like you, as the viewer, or at least I was. I I found myself like craning my neck trying to look around the scene, but I couldn't see what was going on intentionally. So like they don't want yes. you to see those things yet. And like you're getting a glimpse of it, like in just like a sliver of what's happening because it's blocked by like the view of the seat. Like it makes you. That was a very. Uh, it made me, it was very claustrophobic. It was. Uh, I feel like it's the effect that they tried to that some other directors tried to get. Uh, when they bring the camera in super tight and keep it like in the crowd, like moving around with people. And it's, it's, I find that to be unsettling, disorienting and not really get the point across. This did that like close quarters thing, uh, like immersed in the situation in a really smart, really easy to digest way. Yeah. Scenes that take place in the trucks feel claustrophobic, Mm -hmm. which they should because it's a confined space. Right. And it's them against whatever's going on outside. And it's obviously there's a couple of different instances of that, right? But it's them versus what's outside. So it feels like the walls of the truck aren't just holding them out. In fact, they may not succeed in holding them out, but it feels like it's holding them in. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's really cool. The, uh, the, so like going from that, we get into, uh, Statham's character getting in, getting the job, right. Getting the job at the, the, I forgot the name of the company, but at this armored truck, uh, company, and it's obvious at this point, right? It, it, I don't, there's no, there's, they're not very, like, he's, he's, he's got clearly infiltrating to him. Yeah, like, he's like, he's so clearly, like, he's, he's there for a purpose. You know mm-hmm. that, okay, obviously, this is a movie. It's, uh, it's called Wrath of Man. Like, it's coming down to some scenario where, like, he's trying to get the people that did it, right? I don't know why. Yeah, there's going to be a man who enacts wrath. 
Right. Uh, that's actually what it's, uh, it says on the credits. Jason Statham, <laughs> man who would ask rap. <laughs> that's how he's credited. Oh, but, is this like Tenet where like he's the protagonist? Protagonist. In the, in the credits. Protagonist. <laughs> it's just it, 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 Jason Statham, man, parentheses, who did the wrath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, like the what was it? Uh, Eastwood man who got the wrath, <laughs> man who received the wrath, man who received. other man, man who received wrath one, <laughs> first man who received wrath, last man who received wrath, Josh Hartnett, boy sweat Dave. Uh, yeah, uh, what is that? Uh, boy sweat Dave. Uh, <laughs> what would you call? What would he be credited as? Uh, uh, collateral damage. <laughs> I was saying, like, oh, well, uh, fuck the the term I'm looking for is escaping me. I say like the like the uh, like the like the obvious fool, basically. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the dude who is clearly gonna get got because he's oh. such an idiot. Yeah. Oh, this tool's dead. That's yeah. the first first thing when he's on screen for the first time. First thing that pops in mind. Okay, so at some point during this movie, you're going to die. Yeah. The only miracle is that he didn't die in the opening scene, right? He was in yeah. the, the truck that got yeah. in, like the prologue, right? Yeah. For sure. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, he gets that job. You're like, uh, okay, you know, obviously, he's obviously our lead character, the title of the movie, and he's on the cover. Like, obviously, he he is trying to get to the bottom of something. Uh, it's it clearly, whatever happened affected him in some way, right? Don't know exactly what, maybe. You might be able to get a hint of it if you were able to decipher the low-volume dialogue that happens, or the quick dialogue that happens in the opening scene about the kid being shot. I. Uh, Oh, yeah, he says, what, civilian, there's a civilian... Ah, he shot a kid. He shot a kid. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I I just Uh, remember them saying something about, like, there was, like, one civilian casualty or something like that. Yeah. So, like, that that whole... Like, I think what's really cool is, like, okay, let's not pretend... They're, like, we're not pretending that... Like, you just know. If you watch any movie, you know where this is going, right? Mm -hmm. What What they did do really well was up until the point where the first, like, split timeline happens of like the of of actually jumping time to tell another part of the story they don't tell you that they're doing it and they that was done really well i thought well i mean they give you that as a a new chapter right yeah well i actually have a note here uh that says i guess and now dot 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 chapters (laughs) because it actually (laughs) the movie goes on for quite a while before the first like chapter thing is shown well, because there was only, what, like, three or four chapters? If that, yeah. Well, I'm thinking something like Kill Bill had, like, seven chapters or something. Right. Like that, or five, <laughs> five chapters, whatever. Yeah, but, uh, so that, that that was cool. So, like, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting how, like, we get this, so the way that the story is playing out, it just seems like it's uh, H's day off, and he's going with his son to do something. And he's got, he's annoyed because, like, his guys, which you realize they know him, I think we got that, we found out that when, when the when the second robbery happens and he <laughs> takes the the cover off of his face and the guys just back off, which was a great scene, by the way. That was some of the slapsticky stuff that he got to play, and that was some that was some comic relief and how that. Well, that that scene was so great to me too because in the moment it introduced to me like I I suspected it was oh they know him right because mm-hmm. we know that but the way that the movie has been set up so far and the way that the story has been delivered to us and the way that we've seen the characters interacting with the story. Mm-hmm. there's also a moment where I'm like, fuck, is his reputation that good that they all see him and they're like, oh shit, it's the guy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? 
and like they're all book out of here. This is the guy who's been shooting up all the other like the all the other truck robbers. Like mm-hmm. holy shit! And it could have been anything, right? At that point, it could yes. have been anything. But then they because we have. haven't been introduced to that crew yet, so we don't know. Like if we had been introduced to them first, we would know. Obviously, they recognize their boss, like, right? And, but then, but then they introduce them. They they reintroduce them at, with him talking to the one guy on the phone, right? Uh, being like, yeah. hey, like we need you to do this. The other guy can't make it in car accident, whatever. When they did that, the way that that dialogue played out, it made it seem as if it were after that moment. Yes. And the other cool part about it, the other cool part about it, right, is even if you do say, oh, they know him. Well, there's clearly the element of shock where they weren't expecting him to be on a truck. Right. So they have no idea. And then you come to realize they have no idea he's doing all of this. Right. This wasn't like an inside job to get the money. No. Because like. Yeah, it's something totally different, which that's a whole like wrinkle in all of this, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, so we get that jump, which we don't realize at the time, back in time, uh, where he's casing a job and uh, going to get burritos, which he doesn't like, and we, that's where we get that breakdown of like it's his son that that's get that's getting killed in that scene. Uh, what I wasn't expecting out of that scene, I was expecting like after like I, you piece it together before it happens, right? You know where it's going. You start to to connect the dots. It's like, oh, okay. So this is the this is the robbery. Uh, I've already, we already know that it was the son in the car. So the son's gonna get killed. That's how it all goes down, right? Yeah. That, so that that. Oh yeah. By, by the time was, you get to the point of realizing that it's happening right outside the thing, and he's out there, it's like, oh, okay. That's why he's gonna have wrath. His son's gonna die. Right. Right. That's <laughs> that's where the wrath ensues. Uh, but no. But like, what, what's cool about it all? Is, I, what I like is that like it, they keep circumventing it. It's like okay. Oh, some, there's something elusive here. Oh, here's what it is. You And you figured it out, and then they play it out, right? Oh, there's something elusive here. You figure it out, and they play it out. It's like, so what's the is, what's the gotcha? Like, okay, so I guess by the time he gets there, they'll have left. The gotcha is when he's running at them, and they just shoot him down. Well, they yeah. shoot Jason. They shoot Jason. They shoot Mr. Wrath down. And, and, he's, and he looks dead, and he's staring at the guy that did it. That is a great scene. Mr. Ref. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a perfect amount of syllables. And I, I think that's that's what introduces like the cool twist of that like the guy the Eastwood thinks that he's gothic that he killed H. Yes. And he looks understandable. And that's yeah. right. But the whole like at the doctor recovery thing, like doing that rapidly, it was like that was exciting. It's like, oh, this is cool. Like he's got the drop on these guys, and that's awesome. And eventually this will come into play. And which it which it does inevitably in the end. But like, also, can we talk about the plan real quick? Sure. Because it seems like a really well thought out and executed plan. Like they did it; it worked out really well. It's just a, a random bystander who throws a wrench into the mix. But also, they got away with it, even with the wrench thrown in the middle. They took the money and left, right? Mm-hmm. And don't get caught. Yeah. Why did the plan involve them robbing the truck a hundred yards from the office? And how does it work when they robbed it a hundred yards from the office? Like, there's all those guys at the office. That's a great question. Shouldn't they have been able to roll out and, like, create a situation that would have been problematic for the truck robbers? Yeah. Because <laughs> the way that you see it in the opening scene, you don't realize it's happening right down the block. But it right. is within right. eyesight of the, in that, in that of the gate. Take. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a, I think that's an oversight. Yeah. Very strange. I, I, that, I, that hadn't crossed my mind. Now that kind of breaks immersion a bit. It's fine. No big deal. Uh, well, I mean, like, yeah, the right. thing is, like, the thing is, I, I'm actually okay with that being a part of it, but, like, there's got to be some sort of 
Um, Payoff okay. later. How about this? Nobody at works in the uh, in the uh, uh, the armored car company. None of them are heroes. They're all like tough guys. They they talk a lot of shit, but none of them are actually like willing to to put their life on the line. That's not true, actually. Except the guys who shot <laughs> the guys in the bullpen. Signing in and out the guns. True. I guess that, yeah, that's I guess that's that's another hole. I don't I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Like they made a big deal about having the big fence out front. There's a guard check out front. You got to get buzzed in there. Then you got to get buzzed in again inside the building. Oh, is one of the protocols that when something happens that the depot goes into lockdown? Fine, but we don't even see that as a part of the payoff. Sure. Like, because if that's what happened, it's like okay, well they knew. I could get behind that. Like they knew, hey, it's insured. We're not risking anyone's life. We're going to lock down and make sure no one comes to get the money here. Yeah. But, like, the, you got to see that activity. Or, like I said, they, they could have got away with it here, but if it paid off some way down the line later in the movie, then I'm okay with it. It's like, oh, so that was just a stupid plan. Like, you guys were ballsy, but you took an unnecessary risk. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. That was such a bummer. And the, oh, the, the second time they show the that like the when they killed the two dr- like guys in the truck, super brutal. That was the other thing. Like the, yeah. the movie is very brutal. But, yes, uh, you, you feel it all. One thing that sh- I assume is supposed to be a twist, um, but did not fool me for a second, is when super nice guy comes in. Uh, yeah, hey, I was it Hank? Um, I'm gonna call you H. I'm Bullet. I'm like, this is the bad guy. <laughs> I just well, I, <laughs> to to me, it was it was immediately obvious. Okay, either him or Boyce with Dave is the bad guy. Like, it literally uh, can't be anyone other fair, than to them. Fair. Uh, it, to me, it wasn't even a question that it was this guy. Okay, I was like, the, it, the B is not for Bullet. Well, the B is for bad. Your bad guy. <laughs> then I got it. Well, because see how this works. <laughs> like he, you're right. He is too nice in like an office full of people who everyone's a raging asshole, right? Mm-hmm. So like that, you know, it's it's almost like the borderline. I got one more day till retirement type of thing. Yeah. yeah. But on the other <laughs> hand, boys with Dave is such a selfish coward that that also fits the mm-hmm. prototype of who's the obvious traitor. So like that's. Yeah, you know, like I said, I, I was I would have said fifty one forty nine. I'd agree with you that I thought Bullet was the most obvious. But to me, the, in the back of my mind, is like this is the type of Weasley dude who always tries to get one over. You know, sure. He be, uh, Bullet becomes one hundred percent the bad guy when Boy Sweat Dave says that he was supposed to be on that day. You just go up oh, too obvious. It's not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a red herring. Like, why don't you ask me why I wasn't there? Like, it's like, okay, obviously they vetted you. Like, yeah. Like, if you if you find that information out haphazardly throughout, like some document that was somewhere, oh, called in sick or did the whatever. Yes. Like, then you then that's then it's him. But when he literally comes out and announces it. It's like, nope. Yeah. But I got a lot like ironclad alibi. It's like, okay, I believe you. They do pretty <laughs> rigorous background checks. Like he goes, it wasn't me. Was it? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it wasn't you. Get off the screen. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it's so funny. This is one of those movies where it like we, we both gave it a seven. It's very, it's an entertaining watch. There's nothing groundbreaking about the story. It's really all in the execution and the way all the pieces come together. I feel like, uh, as you've put it in the past, like greater than the sum of its parts. Like mm-hmm. all, like there's nothing special about the individual it, bits of this. It's- it's B-material executed at an A-level. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, couldn't could not agree more. Um, the the whole the greedy bastards going for the bigger score is just like um, I, it it always it always irks me, right? And I, as it should, they're the tells all this time. But little, little 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 Icarus for you. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's obviously not going to go well. But I've, we're also watching this movie, so we know that. Um, but the there's always a, there's always a wild card, I, and I know it's it's written into a million stories, and it's just like this guy. You are like okay, it's it's so funny. Every, the writing's on the wall for the whole movie, everything that's going to happen. But like I said, it's still a very entertaining watch. Like you said, B move, B material, A execution. Couldn't agree more because it's just like wild. Like okay, that's the bad guy. He's the inside man, wild card <laughs> guy. He's the reason this whole thing's going to go to shit. <laughs> right and it's, it's like everything is so obvious it's like jason Statham is the lead and he's he's going to be fine <laughs> he gets shot a bunch but but ultimately fine <laughs> he gets all the wrath that he can yeah. that he can handle man full of wrath uh i don't know man that uh that character sucks so much eastwood now do you think they couldn't get ben barnes for the role or because it feels like they're the exact same like actor and character. To um, here, I'm going to look that person up because the name ben, is not ringing a bell. Ben Barnes was, is the, always the bad guy. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, bad guy. Bad guy in Punisher, bad guy yeah. in Westworld. Yeah, definitely. Uh, question. Uh, well, the only reason I brought it up was because I thought that's who it was at first. And then I was like, we know that's Scott Eastwood. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Scott Eastwood, was he, I, was he supposed to be somebody in a big movie and was recast? Uh, he was in Fast Eight, and it seemed like he was tipped towards having a bigger role. But I don't know if he's in Fast Nine. I don't know something else. I can't. I can't. I can't for the life of me remember what it was. But I feel like he was slotted in or cast as being a lead in like some big budget movie, and then it ultimately went to somebody else. That's not ringing a bell for me, but it's possible. Okay. Anyway, uh. Whatever. That, that's neither here nor there. That's just my own personal thing that I'm trying to, I've been trying to figure out since I started watching the movie. Yeah, I just, when he first popped up on screen, I was like, is that Ben Barnes? And I was like, no, I think it's Scott Eastwood. But weirdly, he looks a lot like Ben Barnes here. And then throughout the rest of the movie, I was like, kind of in the way that we had Hammer Cavill for a long time, I kind of felt like this movie would be like 1% better if it had Ben Barnes instead of mm. Scott Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. Put Eastwood in the barn? <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> Listen, Hammer Cavill was one thing, but this is even more of a stretch. <laughs> what about Cavill's Gavels? <laughs> Cavill's Gavels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, oh, he has that scar on his eye. Really thought we were going to get a backstory to that. There's nope. a, it, was, it was front and center for a while there. War. Just it's like a war. It's a war scar. <laughs> It's I so funny. Is, it's hung on this movie. It should easily be a four, maybe a five. But it's it's, not, it's better than that. It's entertaining. There's, also, there's a term for that. It's a war wounds. War wounds. <laughs> war, war, some sort of war scar that he may have gotten from a wound. I'm sure that there's something war. there. Uh, the guy that played the sergeant that was getting the jobs, he looked very familiar to me, but I couldn't place him. Um, I... Totally forgot his Jeffrey Donovan. Oh, the lead guy. Oh yeah, the guy from Burn Notice. Didn't watch Hitch. that. Hitch. Yeah, he's the scumbag who's trying to. Well, maybe that's what it is. Uh, he's also in Fargo season. Didn't watch that. Two. Could have been that. 
But Burn Notice, he was the lead in Burn Notice. He was the one who was burned. Um, he was it's like, it's was he giving very clearly. <laughs> yes. Is that how that Actually. show works? <laughs> yes. Uh, he was given notice that he was burned and they tried to kill him. Um, you yeah, know, he's like, that's his most famous role for sure. He that show for like eight years. Uh, I want to circle back to things that Jason Statham does that I can. So first it was things that he can wear, right? And then he can also <laughs> say lines like, do you fancy a burrito? It like, just flat out. But that's just British. Sure. Uh, and here's a, okay, can we do a little history lesson right now? Do you fancy a burrito? Uh, do you desire a burrito? Do you, <laughs> oh, what is, uh, this is, uh, it's one of those things uh, is, uh, I feel like Andy from The Office right now. It's gone for too long and I'm, I was just afraid to ask. Right. Oh God! What is what is the term "limey" come from? Do you know? I believe it's because it had something to do with either because they all put lime in their gin and tonics, or it was because what? like <laughs> well, because like there's a whole thing with gin and tonics, right? Why that that drink exists, right? I don't know about that either. Oh, well, we're doing plenty of history right now. This then. is great. So, British Empire. Conquered so much of Africa and India and islands and stuff. All those places have a lot of mosquitoes with a lot of malaria. Enter quinine. Quinine allows them to push deeper into the continents because it protects against malaria. Quinine tastes disgusting. They could only take, they could only stomach the quinine by drinking it with gin and tonic water. And that's why when you buy tonic water today, it still contains quinine, very small amounts of it in this case, because that's been a part of the mixtures for 150 years or whatever. You put lime in the gin and tonic. So I, it's either that or it's because, well, kind of paralleling all of that, British Empire, ton of sailing, scurvy. You have to have citrus fruit to prevent scurvy if you're on a ship. Huh. Interesting. So it's some combination of all of the stuff I just mentioned. That's amazing. You know what's awesome to me is that you could have made all of that up and I would have bought it. I'm like 99% sure it's that's great. It's some part of what I just mentioned. I like that. I miss the old times when you could... This is why I actually... I thought about this the other day and I was going to look it up and I thought it might be more fun to just ask. Because I, I miss the days of, of speculating. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to look it up though. Sure. Um, what do you got? Okay. The term is thought to have originated in the 1850s, which is about 150 plus years ago, as lime juicer, later shortened to limey, and originally used as a derogatory word for sailors in the British Royal Navy. Since the beginning of the 19th century, it has been the practice of the Royal Navy to add lemon juice to the sailor's daily ration of grog, which is watered down rum. The vitamin C, specifically L-ascorbic acid, in citrus fruits prevents scurvy and helped to make these sailors some of the healthiest of the time. At that time, lemon and lime were used interchangeably. I'm going to challenge that one to refer to citrus <laughs> fruits. <laughs> Initially, lemon juice from lemons imported from Europe was used as the additive to grog on the Royal Navy ships. It was later switched to limes grown in British colonies, not realizing that limes contained only a quarter of the vitamin C that the lemons had, and that the way that the juice was stored and processed destroyed much of that, leaving the lime juice oh unable to prevent scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> in time, the term lost its naval connotation, was used to refer to British people in general. In the 1880s, British immigrants in Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. That's a terrible sentence. Although the term may have been used earlier in the U.S. Navy as slang for a British sailor or British warship, such usage was not documented until 1918. 
1925, the usage of Lyme in American English had been extended to mean any British person, and the term was so commonly known that it was featured in American newspaper headlines. Fascinating. It's considered a derogatory remark. Where is this from? That was on Wikipedia. Sure. Uh, the, the, the whole, you know, the, I, it sounds very believable, except for the, for like you said, the lemon-lime interchangeable thing. I, I yeah, I'm going to challenge that. There's, I don't believe that that late... On the timeline, they were still using those terms interchangeably. Somebody one of them's said, yellow, one of them's green. Somebody said lemony, and they were like, nah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> you limey, you limey bastard. <laughs> it's just like one of those things that like it's used over and over countless times. Like, I've heard it a million times. I know what, the, what you're referring to when you say it, but I just didn't know why. And I would, I would guess that neither do most people that say it. <laughs> Fair. Well, uh, to be fair, I know, or knew, kind of, it was one of those two things. I knew that there was stories around both of those two things. I wasn't 100% sure which way it was. But I don't really use the term other than just now. Like, like yeah. you know, it's like, as like a very obscure and random joke. Sure. I've never actually called a person a limey. I've met a handful of British people. All of them were very nice. I had no reason to call them <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh Going back to the movie, I love how he gets into the into the game, the armored car game, by scoring exactly seventy percent on the test. That I feel like that bit of it of trivia that they give to you, and then he scores that. That's Guy Ritchie, right? Like that's his. I feel like that's like very, like his mo. And like they harp on it a couple of times too. Yeah, and then. And then the first time we actually see him in action with a gun, and it's just like, headshot, headshot, headshot. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> also, oh, okay. Uh, you know what's really great is that IMDb is currently doing a slideshow thing. Oh, nice. Right? Uh, and one of the, uh, when I texted you, there are uh, so many questions or something along those lines. It was actually this, this scene that's in this clip right here. And it's H and Bullet are like leaving the lockdown area. And mm-hmm. there's that glass case with the guy that's behind the computer. And he, like, sucks on two of his fingers. And it was just very uncomfortable for everybody involved. Yeah, I don't remember that specifically. I didn't, I don't like, think it. I I didn't like it one bit. Was it? Was he sitting there snacking on something constantly while he was working behind that don't desk? Know. Buzzing people yeah, in? I don't, I don't think, remember Not that. in this situation. He's just kind of leaning on something and looking directly at them and doing it. It's, it's very weird. Was he, like, doing a, like putting a gun in his mouth and shooting himself thing because he got yanked off a truck and now he had death duty. Good question. I don't know. It was more, it looked more like he's eating his hand, but it could be. So that's why I went back. I'm trying to remember, was he snacking the whole time he's sitting there? Maybe maybe he's snacky. Could be a snacky guy. (laughs) Does he die? Most Um, people die in this movie. I I don't think that he does. Does he escape? I forget. I don't think he escapes. I think he actually gets tied up. Maybe. I know there's a whole thing where like, He's in like the lockdown room. Mm-hmm. Hits the alarm. He hits the alarm. When the they go to turn like, the alarm off, I think they just tie him up and they leave him there. Maybe because he's not armed. No. Um, or at least he doesn't shoot at them. Like right. there was a whole thing. Oh, don't yeah, don't they hold him hostage and the bullpen guys? That's what finally gives them to give up the fight. The guys who are in like the the, the armory, who are like the only no, ones they ki- they have to kill the guys in the armory to actually get into the glass case to turn the alarm off. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, yeah. I forgot which yeah. the order. I think, of them. I think he might be fine. I think he's the only person that lives that's inside. And him and Eddie Marsan. Uh. And the girl. No, she dies. She, does she die? She gets shot. And that bullet shoots her in the head. 
Oh, that's right. Oh, I remember the other guy. There was her and the other guy on the truck. I remember, I definitely remember him killing that guy. I couldn't remember if he killed her. All three of those yeah, people in the truck were. die. Okay. The two that were but in the Eddie truck Marcin. and the one that goes to the truck with the Eddie long Marcin, hair. Like, Is that what it was? No, not him. The other guy. It was a black guy, I think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he definitely died. I couldn't remember if she died too, but I think you're right. Yes, I think she, yes. he kills both of them Bullet back to back. Yep. The other guy gets punked by like trying to be like Rambo, and he just yeah, gets yeah, yeah. brutalized. Gets but I'm but our, Eddie Marsan survives. He escapes. Oh, is he the um the, the boss? Oh yeah, he he does. What he tells the he wants uh uh Josh Hartnett not to go back. exactly, and yeah. he leaves. But Josh Hartnett then he gets duped by Bullet as well. Yes, correct. Oh man, lots of lots of lots of death, lots of crossing. Crisscrossing, shooting, killing. It's everybody's dead. It's like free fire up in here. But uh, less, <laughs> there, less, there's some aspects. less fun, more dark. <laughs> yes. I mean, free fire John, dark. <laughs> John Wick brutality in the like the shots and like some how them, everything goes them, down yeah. so quickly. Uh, the pacing, I feel like. Free fire mm-hmm. and like the crazy, oh my God, we're in this room for a good portion of the movie and it's mm-hmm. terrifying and everybody's under fire. And then. Crossfire, betrayals. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. One of the other things I like. Oh, so, uh, you, so you also got the John Wick aspect of like that body armor was way too impressive. Yeah, like no one gets hurt wearing that body armor. Come on. Well, one guy, actually, two like guys. A, right? Eventually, yeah, the sergeant and the, and the one guy that actually like got hit at one point and then that definitely doesn't make it. What I'm saying is like a bunch of them got shot like point blank in the chest and then like shrug it off. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh. Statham's character, like the only time that he's not like he he plays like the same like this very stoic. He doesn't break form at all. He's like all business, except for that scene when he's with his son, which I think is awesome, and like showing you which which should have been the hint, right? Like that should have been the hint that this is a precursor to what's going on, because yeah. he hasn't broken character even remotely since we've seen him until that. Yeah, moment. he's a total robot. Like yeah, he, like I has that, some bit of personality. In that scene, in the ball four times, I like the way that was done. Yeah. Oh, um, just overall, it's just kind of fun. It was just a fun experience, like uh, a dark, like fun. Fun's a weird word to use, but it's it's an entertaining watch. Well, you had some stuff right that was like again darkly comedic, like when the first time you see him go like Terminator mode. Yeah, and there's just like the incredulity watching him do that, and the the you know, the the responses of the bad guys, like oh fuck, like what is yeah. going on, like all that <laughs> shit and. And 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 you know, boy sweat Dave and and uh, bullet, like oh shit, yeah, he's he's doing it. Like, uh, and then him chasing down and just eviscerating Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, thank you. That's who it was. Uh, and, and then uh, the uh, yeah, then everybody applauding his his actions and how how amazing he was. And and then the boss of the the owner of the company being like, no, you can't put him on leave. He's he's the only one that's doing this really well. <laughs> that was really dumb. I. Uh, Oh my god! There's also the the scene that you texted me about was before all that when they go out for like drinks and pool. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah, he says was the the line about him. You're not like a a magician, like a social magician or whatever. <laughs> You're a real social magician. I like that. <laughs> Here, let me buy you a beer. So long as you go drink it over there. I was like, yeah, oh, like that was funny. Oh. You have to like yell that at the screen, right? You have to be like, yes. oh shit. <laughs> well. Oh, so could you uh, imagine that fat ass going and like starting a fight with like yeah. the only dude who was like on top of his shit? It's like that's not a guy you cross. No, no. And the other thing that I thought was really funny about it about the movie was just like 
the the armored car robbery market is just completely saturated. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, it's L.A., so you know that's, like, still a thing that happens there. But that much? Does it yeah. happen that much? Like, especially in, like, a... This is 25 years past heat. Like, that's yeah. still still going on, like, every other day? Yeah. That's the, especially for the sake of the movie, like, it's just all these different crews that are doing... What I did like... Yeah, was rival, the, rival crews. Rival, yep. Yeah, rival crews. What I did love was the execution by, like, the... oh these guys are good with the whole like paintball guns to light up the, the windshield and the mirrors and then the gas to knock the people out inside. And then you find out that it's, it's Statham's crew. Like that whole thing was, it was really cool. I still, it's still unclear to me. Uh, is he, does he have like some sort of immunity because he's like a CI for Andy Garcia? Like what's, what was going on there? Yeah. I don't know. That's something I'll probably have to rewatch to get a better handle on because I was a little confused by that too, that there wasn't more of a payoff to that. And I'm definitely going to like misremembering the details, so I'm probably going to get it wrong. So I was wondering if it was one of those, because we know there's obviously historically, both in real life and in fiction, there's been instances of that. Like I always think of The Departed, right? Where their finance, the FBI is financing the Nicholson character so that they can roll up other organized crime. And it's like, at a certain, after a certain point, why would you continue to do that when this guy's clearly the worst of them all type of thing? Yeah. And like, that's based on something that really happened with Whitey Bulger. Like he was backed and bankrolled by the FBI and became a huge, massive force in organized crime in the, what was the seventies or whatever. And then that dude escaped and went in hiding for like 40 years until they finally found him in California a couple of years ago, and then he died. Like, yeah, like that was a real thing that happened. So, like, we know, like, think about like the stuff with like if you're like saw the movie American Made, like, which was a real story. Right. Like, the CIA bankrolled <laughs> the Colombian cartel. Like, what, what's his name? I forget his name. The the super famous uh, Colombian drug lord. I'm totally blanking on his name. Um, they um, they bankrolled that guy. Like, they put him in power to be an un like stoppable force in the drug world. Hmm. Like that's a thing that really happened. I never understood that thing. Like, okay, like, Hey, we'll bankroll you for uh, like eight months until we roll up the operation. And then you'll get a light sentence. And then you're going to witness protection program or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not, we're going to keep you in power for 10 years. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it does not make an iota of sense to me. Yeah, and so like I, I maybe that's what's going on here. It, it seems that way because I think it's like it seems like it might be the FBI that's investigating, uh, what happened at the scene when he kills all those guys, and then they call Andy Garcia and like it's definitely our guy. Yeah, yeah, because it didn't seem like the deal was already existing between the two of them, but it kind of comes up there. I also wonder does like the thing with him breaking up totally accidentally, but breaking up the sex trafficking ring, if that's why they, okay, oh. wow. He took out this, he's took out this, he's going to take out this group of armored truck guys to avenge his son. He took out those, like he's rolling up all the worst of the worst. So let's just let him go at it for a while. And he doesn't get to walk away with the money, but we'll let him walk away for now type yeah. of thing. And even that felt tenuous. Cause it wasn't like there was an active relationship there. It was right. kind of a passive relationship. Yeah, they don't, Which really is get, confusing. they don't really get into it. Interesting. 
And you know what distracts you? You know, you know why you don't ask questions during the movies? You're just very distracted by Andy Garcia's accent, which was just all over the place and wacky. Well, there's that. There's the fact that he's in like three scenes, like early and like late, and that's it. Yeah. So I kind of forgot about him. Mm-hmm. By the Largely end of the movie, sh- he showed up at the end, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They were maybe looking into him. It, it actually almost seems like they should have just cut that whole bit. Yeah, they either needed to do more or nothing with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. What else you got? Oh, when he when he finally gets to Eastwood in the in the, in his apartment, his, uh, in his loft, and that's the chapter with the the list of organs. Yes, and he goes over them and shoots him in them. That was a that was a nice good, touch. Uh, that was a good wrap up. There was a, a spleen, kidney, lung, liver, heart. whatever the fuck it was, heart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was good. Uh, what else you got? I, I, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for me. I, like I said, it's a it's a weird thing because I feel like in talking about it, it doesn't come across that it's like a it was that it's a seven, right? It sounds that sounds like a four or a five, but it, it really it it's just well executed. Yeah, it seems like the type of movie where like if it was kind of slapsticky, that's the only way he's getting a higher grade because it's just like a fun movie. And I wouldn't say this right. is like a fun movie no, per se, but no. like I'm not really super interested in rewatching it. Uh, but I wouldn't mind if it was on. Yeah, it, it, it was an engaging watch, especially yeah. watching it unfold for the first time, uh-huh. um, just to see what's going to happen next. Even though you can kind of see the big picture, you can kind of tell some of the things ahead of time, what's going to yeah. happen next, seeing the specific details about how it all... I would have liked to see kind of a follow-up with the with the Statham's crew to see right. just kind of how... like like. Like a, just a little bow tied on that. Mm-hmm. You know, are they are they cool with the boss doing what he's doing? Like I'm sure they kind of get it, but like I, I, I honestly just love to see the conversation following up them seeing him pop out of that armored truck. Where fuck, you know what I mean? Like just the guys like man, that was close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Who? Who knew? Did you know the boss was doing this? I didn't know the boss was doing yeah. this. You know? <laughs> um, I did think it was cool overall. I know we briefly talked about it the other day when you were watching it or yesterday, whenever day that was. Um, it was interesting how like that the crew with Jeffrey Donovan and Scott Eastwood and Laz Alonzo just arrives fully formed in the movie. It's like this crew exists. They're together. They have backstory. We're going to get a little bit yeah. of it. That's all we really need. Like we kind of know the trope and seeing how like they weren't in like the first third of the movie. And then we get to spend a lot of time with them. I actually kind of liked how that storyline unfolded. Like, it was a little odd having Satan like kind of off screen for most of that section sure. of the movie, but also I thought it was the dynamic was well done and well written, and it was kind of it was almost like if there was a narrator. Now let's catch you up on the other guys. <laughs> then yeah, they go into that. That whole thing was cool. I just, the, the, the dynamic and the storyline was interesting with all of them, like at least well executed. So. I agree. Well, I guess that's part of like why the movie's engaging, right? It's like that you get you get a little bit about everything. The only thing that falls flat, it seems to be that whole FBI not falls flat, but like is not fleshed out is the is what's going on with this informant aspect. Yeah, of it. Uh, surprisingly decent bit of world building overall for the movie. Yeah, like just like who the relevant players are, the ones we get a lot of detail, the ones we get a little bit of detail, like kind of just the general vibe of what's going on in that area. This whole very specific industry, like yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I had I had fun. It was entertaining. Yeah, cool, man. Any closing thoughts? We're good to wrap up here. No, I think that's probably good. Well, then that's all for this week's episode of Flicks and a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, 
You can send those requests to flicksinthesix at thespinjune.com, tweet us at spinjune, or contact us through the website. We have some forms there to make it easy for you. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to use your recommendations if you got them. Uh, tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanza. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming.